What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Broccoli Soup Cafe. And in this episode, we have Anthony Feliciano. Hey, Neve. Hey, everyone. What's up? So in this episode, we're going to talk about the film industry and what's happening right now because of the coronavirus and the quarantine. But we want to get into the details. If you guys are not not like super interested in film, I think this might be an interesting view into the film industry and might get you interested in learning more about the ins and outs. Because making a movie, there's more to it than what's being shown on screen. And there's a lot of workers and professional and many talented artists out there that contribute their talents to film. So, I mean, we're more, fo- Anthony's focused on the production side, which he's going to talk about. And what do you do on the film industry, Anthony? Well, I first started about like three or four years ago and I started as a set PA and I was like the worst set PA ever. <laughs> I did no not know worries. anything. Did not know a single thing. Uh, And uh, the hours are killer, especially if you don't have a car and you live in South Brooklyn like me and you have to go to the Bronx at like four in the morning. Yeah. It's quite intense. But um, if that life isn't enticing enough for you, um, there's another side of production, which is kind of more office work, where it's not studio based you're you're i guess you are an ambassador of the studio when you're working on any film production but uh you can kind of have a more normalized life in production offices which is it normalizes a very strong word you're in the best of both worlds i guess yeah like people rely on you a lot more um bringing certain things to set or uh at least what i do in uh, more in the department of production accounting, uh, just assisting with how much money departments are spending on certain things or uh, doing payroll, paying invoices. You know, yeah. There's so many different aspects. Like when I first started in production, I didn't even know production accounting was a thing. No, I mean, there's many talents that go into a film production that many people wouldn't think of. Like, oh, to be uh, a set medic. Oh, that was a thing. I didn't know that. Oh, being a, a, a cook for, for a set. I didn't, I didn't know that, but, oh, yeah. or like being, you know, a cop that's like, you, you know, there's police all the time on, on location film sets and, and like safety people that you wouldn't think of, but there's a lot of talent that goes into the film industry. And I think it's one of those uh, industries where um, the collective brings out the best in in the experience but um yeah anthony me and anthony met at film school and it's funny because seeing where we are now it's kind of crazy how time flew in five years or six years like man when people say your 20s fly they're not lying (laughs) god thanks for reminding me of my mortality (laughs) no don't worry anthony i mean we're we're doing fine yeah, we're doing we're doing okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna talk about uh, what's happening right now currently with the um, the studio and the theater companies because, as a lot of you may know, the th- the theater companies are closed due to the quarantine. So you know, it's some are like about to close and like really struggling, and you know, their future isn't as certain as some of the businesses that um, will see like an influx of, of need. So For we're sure. going to talk about 
what's been happening recently between AMC and Universal. All right, Anthony, spill the beans. Let me just get this off my chest really quick. Get it out. Who would have ever thought that Trolls World Tour would make this much of a splash in cinematic history? That's crazy. Can we just get that? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, how much? Who would have thought? Like compared to the first one, Mm -hmm. how much did it make? Because I I know it was a lot, but I I didn't I don't think I know the magnitude of how much it made. Well, let me pull up some numbers for you because I have (laughs) This is just insane how much this movie... Okay, well, first things first. The first film, it grossed over $350 million. Yeah. I'm not too sure what the budget of the first one was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, film budgeting is so hilarious because, you know, many people who may not be as familiar with the industry uh, or even some people in the industry aren't even aware of this is that a film has to make a little bit more than double its budget typically in order just to break even just to break even yeah because it's not including marketing costs it's not included which marketing costs sometimes cost like the same amount as the more more yeah yeah yeah. or more for that matter yeah Yeah. and uh according to a cnbc article which you know and also whenever a film releases its budget typically they're lying in my experience, I have seen like studios release yeah. numbers for films I've worked on, yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, the budget was this." And in my head, like, I would never disclose it. Uh, yeah, 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 allowed to. yeah. But I like think I, like, and I laugh. I'm like, it's way more. It's way yeah. more. But they want to make it seem like the film is more profitable and that they're doing better. Yeah, and yeah. Sure, why not? I guess that's their thing. I mean, I'm relatively new in this industry, so what do I know? It just seems a little sketchy. <laughs> just to say that to protect yourself. Yes. Anthony yeah, I'm new. <laughs> please, please hire me for the future. Please, God. Um, but Trolls made, well, its budget was, according to a CNBC article, um, between 90 and $110 million. Wow. Now, Universal was like blown away by how much money this movie made on VOD. So this is actually from a Variety article where Trolls World Tour went on sale for a 48-hour rental for $19.99. Prior to the pandemic, studios typically waited 90 days for a theatrical opening for before they would release films on digital. Yeah. Uh, Trolls took in $100 million on VOD sales in its first three weeks play in North America. Holy. Which that's never been done before. Yeah. I mean, how, how far apart were the films? When did I for whatever reason, I don't know why the release date of the first Trolls would ever be in my conscious, but I think it is. And I'm going to yeah. guess it was 2016, but I'm going to confirm that. Wow, word. that's recent because cause what, I'm, what I'm getting into is that maybe the international um, like film industry, you know how it's getting bigger than the United States, might have even gotten bigger so that um, you know the, the views and, and the money is more outside than inside the United States. And that might be why the world tour got more money because there's so much demand outside of the, the U S that it just made more. Well, you know, what's interesting actually it's, I don't think they disclosed how much it made internationally. Cause according to this, it was a hundred million in just North America. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. So I'm not sure what the numbers are internationally. So it made more in America than the first movie released in America. Yes, yes. Okay. That's true. Yeah, the domestic total for the first one, I don't believe was yeah. close to that. Okay. 
I mean, I feel like it'd be more since it's quarantine and no one's really going to, I mean, why do you think that is? Do you think it's, because there's a lot to think about because yes, the quarantine could have is played the, uh, a major role, but it's also like, you think it's just, you know, theaters are not having as much appeal as they did back then? You know, I, what's really, that's like a really complicated question. Because yeah. I think as huge of a deal as Trolls making a hundred million is, from a financial standpoint of Universal, like that's not really good. Really? Like this, this movie is going to lose money. Uh, yeah. It made a hundred, like its budget was between 90 and 110 million. So that probably, it probably needs to make about like 250 million just to break even. Yeah. I wonder what the actual, the current toll is of the gross. I don't think they've released those numbers yet. Oh, like but, what it's making now? You know, which I, I can't imagine it's much higher. But like if it stays around that number, it's not going to be profitable. Yeah. But this is where it gets really interesting because when, when like this news got out that it made a hundred million, Universal was literally like ecstatic and like literally went on, uh, went on like this press no press tour is the wrong word. They went public. They publicly said how proud of the yeah. film they were yeah, yeah. and basically said, "Hey, we're gonna do more movies like this in a day and date release." Yeah, yeah. Which is where the real drama of AMC and yeah. Universal went down. But from the article, I think I think we we read the same article from Variety. It said that um, AMC said that Universal had this intention way before the quarantine, and it was only until now where they had an excuse to make it a real thing. Like, do you think that's true? Yeah, I feel like this definitely wasn't something that they thought of like in the moment, and they were just yeah. like, "Oh, this is great because it's pretty." pretty rat like a rush decision yeah but also complete side note like who is doing the pr for universal (laughs) they are messing up yeah how so like they like the the like nato which nato the north uh american theater owners not the north atlantic treaty organization yeah yeah, i was like wow i (laughs) hate that i I wish they had a yeah i hate that acronym so much because every time i hear nato i'm like what is the trade organization yeah right (laughs) so whatever anyway um (laughs) yeah like universal uh they're like fighting through headlines and like instead of just getting on the phone and handling this behind closed doors like professionals they're just like making threats over headlines. Yeah. Like we're not going to show any Universal films in our AMC theaters, and Universal's like, "Well, we're going to do more VOD and day and date releases." And f you. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I think it started from um, Universal publicly saying the day and date uh, in the future releases, and then I guess the dis because I think if if it was um, talked about privately. They wouldn't. There wouldn't be as much support as like public support as other people. I mean, I was. They would expect because you know some people might be in love with the theater. So like, oh, like this happened with Universal. Oh, I'm gonna stop watching Universal films. I mean, that's like the most extreme way. But right. also like, if you're in love with Universal, you like you get more traction from your audience. It's like you know what? I can watch it on online it's just a movie is a movie and it's what makes me feel that counts 
Of course. And like, I don't know about you, but like, I wasn't going to go to the theaters to see Trolls. Hell no. Oh my God. <laughs> but I mean, I, I did I watch really it. It was a good movie. It was? Yeah. The first one? Oh, the first one. Yeah. I didn't I, see the I second one. Yet. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't really have an interest in seeing it. I'm sure it's good, but like, I, I'm, I'm trying to like not don't worry. <laughs> ruin my chances <laughs> don't, don't of future employment. <laughs> Universal I'm to just, like, please hire me. a very talented account. I, 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 I know things. I know things. Please. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like, with it being on VOD, I am more tempted personally to watch it. Yeah. 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 I mean, because now we go into if it's worth it to watch movies in the theaters now than yeah, being expensive. in VOD because you know like you said it it is expensive and the accessibility of movies nowadays are so it's like online all the time so you literally can watch it whenever you want and whenever if you like you can pause in and all that stuff so i mean yeah. what do you think about like you personally would you keep going to because i i do go to film theater sometimes just for the experience you yeah. know like social gatherings and stuff but i don't go there as much as i did back then i don't either um the main movies i'll go to theaters for are like the big blockbusters because that's yeah. something that kind of warrants like a big screen and yeah, yeah yeah loudspeaker surround sound type yeah. of experience um i think the last movie i saw in theaters was actually onward the pixar movie really and yeah and a movie that like I wouldn't. It's a really, it's a really good movie, which I'm kind of yeah. sad that it's not. really I think it's on Disney attention. Plus, so I, I might watch that soon. Oh, I'd recommend it. Yeah, uh, it's it's a really good movie. Um, it's not a movie if the subject matter of that movie is like really personal to me, which is why yeah. it's about like loss and everything. Yeah. So, um, that's the main reason why I saw it in theaters. But I don't think I would have seen it in theaters, like for any other reason. Yeah. But like on VOD, sure, pop it in, sure. Twenty yeah, bucks. Yeah, I'm yeah. lazy. I don't want to go out. There's a <laughs> pandemic. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's also like you know, planning to go to the movie just takes so much time. Like you have to travel there, and then you have to, there's exact times and stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me though, I think the last movie I saw in theaters was um, I think it was Mamma Mia. Here we go again. What? No way. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. I I love the Mamma Mia movies. <laughs> It, they're really fun it's it's fun and then you know i i do like to sing them in the showers so uh maybe i respect that that's, <laughs> it's good but, it's good i think stuff. yeah it was, it was really good it was like last i think it was last year when that came out i think i mean everything's last year now because literally the yeah, pandemic exactly. just, just stopped this year but it's um, just bd before pandemic just. yeah <laughs> But, uh, I mean, we got sidetracked, but what do you think about the future of Universal and AMC? And if, mm. do you think the decision is going to be reversed or? I feel like it has to. I feel like it absolutely yeah. has to. Because if they don't, it's, it's just going to be mutual destruction for both ends. The theaters are yeah. struggling. AMC was like, it's, well, was, it is 5 billion, would it be billion in debt for oh renovating gosh. all their theaters? Oh, with and the, they with were seats, yeah, with seats and yeah. making the experiences, which is you know, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the pandemic hit, and whenever they were trying to make a profit, it's just you know they're not. You can't. Yeah, 
So yeah. um, that's why I was pretty surprised when they first uh, announced they were going to ban Universal films. I'm like, are you really in a position to say we're not going to show large films when you're $5 billion in debt? Like, you need that blockbuster money. You know, there's a reason why they call yeah. them full films. You need, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need that. Those are the films people are going to see. So what's going to keep your theaters afloat. But then when NATO and the other theaters, like Regal, I'm not sure if you heard that Regal also, like, joined them in, in Japan. Really? Yeah, this is where it gets really fascinating. What? Uh, Regal announced, I actually have a note here about it. Go for it. Um, yeah, Regal, uh, on April 29th, Regal gets involved and uh, they also put the ban in. Uh, I have a quote here from Cineworld, which is who, uh, who owns Regal. They said, yeah. Universal's move is completely inappropriate and certainly has nothing to do with good faith, business practice, partnership, and transparency. Like those are fighting words. Oh, I mean, yeah, in 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 the business world, that that's fighting words right there. And it's like, like again, like from the level of professionalism, like half of me is literally like, wow, you should not be airing your dirty laundry in public. Yeah. But also, like the other half of me is like, re- like the lizard brain. Is yeah, like, like fight, go for fight, it. Yeah. Fight. It's, like, <laughs> it's fascinating because, like, you, you, you. At least, at least, I can speak for myself. You always kind of seem. It always kind of seems like corporations are like these, perfect. Like at least they try to portray themselves as like perfect, pristine. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're. I guess corporations are people, so I guess they're people. Yeah. Legally, um, <laughs> and then you see them like do something like this, and it's just like what. This is like funny. high school. Like, what? It's yeah, in the film like industry. High school. I mean, high school? <laughs> Someone literally said, uh, I forgot who it was, but um, this this podcaster said, uh, she said, it's like a Nicki Minaj and Cardi B Twitter feud. <laughs> and I think that's the perfect summary of this. Oh my gosh. That's, that's perfect. But do you but, think, um, oh, wait, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah, but uh, I was going to go on about how. Uh, now that Regal is also involved in this and you yeah. know, is standing in unity, which, you know, they should because they're looking out for their best interest. Why shouldn't they? Yeah. Because Universal wants to, yeah, they want to th- be together. Exactly. Sorry. And that's the only, no, you're good. <laughs> I, I don't want to like interrupt you. Um, basically uh, with large temple films, like, you know, like Universal has Fast and Furious, has Jurassic. Yeah. Um, they're not going to make a profit on those if they go VOD. There's no yeah. way they're going to make a billion dollars, like as if as as throughout the box office. Yeah, yeah. So they need they they kind of need each other at that point. Yeah, because then if you know if there are no large temple films, the theaters <laughs> aren't going to attract any business. I mean, there are a ton of other studios out there too that are going to like Disney, MCU. Yeah, like they'll yeah, be yeah. making a lot of money, but you know it never hurts to have more. Uh, yeah but this is where it gets really interesting the academy awards like you need to be qualified for best picture to be qualified for an oscar you need a theatrical window really Mm -hmm. a film has to be an exhibition in theaters uh in new york and los angeles for minimum of two weeks in order to qualify oh so roma roma when it won the academy award had a theatrical release right just to qualify yeah, I think Netflix owns actually a couple of theaters, um, which is how they got through it. Through that oh little my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So if Universal wants to qualify for a best picture, they're going to need a theatrical window. I mean, does it mean they need to go through those, uh, those theaters? I guess not. Because there might be a loophole to being like smaller theaters 
or like who knows if they're gonna make their own theaters and stuff no that's an excellent point that's entirely possible but i feel like that would just destroy them financially yeah because universal is not they're big but they can't i don't think they have the flexibility to finance theaters and advertise it and then you know make it a thing yeah i don't think so either i think but i do think they will resolve this issue yeah Um, i think like universal kind of has to say listen we were like so overwhelmed universal first off has to apologize for this because like they were threatening to yeah they started it they They did start it they threw (laughs) the first stone so they need to apologize yeah and I feel like that's probably what's going on right now. Unfortunately, it's going on behind closed doors. So maybe we'll yeah. hear about it like in a couple months, like when things start reopening. We're like, we fixed it. Yeah, everyone's happy. But I feel like Universal will just basically be like, listen, we were so overwhelmed. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Universal will be like, we were so overwhelmed by the success of Trolls. Like it's so unprecedented. It, it just never happened before. We, we, we jumped the gun. We're sorry. We'll continue on how our business practices were for the past hundred years with AMC and NATO and yeah. all of that. I feel like, I feel like they will come to that understanding. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate and see a possibility where it doesn't reverse and universal finds a way to be profitable in the future. That's fascinating. Like, I just wonder what would happen to the temples. Yeah. I, m- because maybe they, all right, this is just an idea, right? I don't think this is going to happen because obviously they didn't make a profit with these big, move, big movies, but maybe they switch into indie stuff, lower budget that has, that they can calculate the, the VOD um, profit after and that, that they can make a profit, you know? So like, all right, so we average, we're going to estimate this is our profit. So let's make a movie around this budget. But I don't know. I don't think that's the case because Universal has always been like big movies. Like, where would they go? Where where yeah. would they show their stuff? Maybe are they going to release like um, a streaming service? But then again, you need like their their films are so needing for big screens and big experiences that I don't think a home device or like your iPad or iphone can suffice that experience yeah i feel like it would be pretty underwhelming to watch fast and furious explosions on the yeah iPhone. <laughs> just like oh, okay. yeah but i mean it'd be it's such an interesting thought to think that they might know something we don't know because mm-hmm. to be that um to be that quick with your decision to you know fight against a theater either you have a secret weapon that you know you can fight with mm-hmm. or that like you said they're very being very impulsive and they i think they messed up at this point but i don't know I, it's just an interesting idea because w- this goes into another topic um mm-hmm. so let's let's pretend this pandemic didn't happen yeah you think the theaters would make as much money as it did a year ago in the next five years five ten years because i think that's that's the that's what a um universal's thinking about the future prospect because if they're the first one to do it they're going to excel in that first wave of that new new distribution like policy whereas right. you know, 
Like they're the first penguin in the water. Yeah, yeah. So they can have like a head start of like this new thing that I, I don't even know what it is yet. But I don't know. I mean, that's interesting about your theater questions. Like, assuming, assuming all else is constant before the pandemic. So, I mean, should we assume ticket sales are about the same? Maybe like New York and a ticket's like yeah. 20 bucks. Um, which, you know, I, I mentioned ticket uh, prices in New York to like middle America people, like some friends I have on Facebook, and they're yeah. like 20 bucks for a movie. Like, what? I thought it was 15. Jeez, <laughs> 20 bucks. <laughs> it's like last time you were there was last year, huh? Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, yeah. Um, I, think, I think it would be really, uh, I think it would be dumb of us to say streaming is not the future. Streaming is absolutely the future. It's already happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And more and more films, especially the f- smaller films, are definitely going to be moving to streaming. Um, yeah, there's just no, no there's choice. just no, yeah, there's no way. Temple that, films are just dominating theaters. Yeah. So I think that realistically in my prediction, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but my prediction is that movie theaters will actually be kind of fading away, not completely, but like definitely reducing mm. in the amount of real estate they have uh, as more and more streaming services come up and entertainment is just flowing into our fingertips. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like it's going, like physical movie theaters will be fading away, but not to the point of non-existent just yeah hey there's a big summer movie let's go see it yeah i mean i think movie theaters will always exist i feel like Mm -hmm. some will stay there just for the um the experience because like uh what should i maybe mm, no because i was thinking maybe driving theaters back then like were, were a thing and and you know it's it's appeal didn't i don't think it makes as much money as it can to like be profitable, but people still have it because it's, it's an experience that, you know, like sometimes city people like, Oh, maybe, you know, it's such a cool experience to do a driving theater, like, and it's like cheaper. So maybe it's just for the experience, but I think, like you said, they're going to reduce the quantity of movie theaters, but I feel like some are the, some of them are going to be transformed into like, like, um, like studio studio uh theme parks in a way like exhibition because i i posted an, an article on facebook and i got all these comments and i and then um one of the comments led me to another article about how uh amazon and all these stuff are are gonna buy studios uh this, not studios um theater companies because you know they need a lot of money and if you acquire them for a bargain you know they can make a lot of profit so one of the comments was like oh maybe they'll they they'll transform into like these studio exhibition theme park in a way where it's like oh this is just disney stuff and you know i i was told like disney stores are like declining so maybe it like incorporating the movies with the store or like with other attractions can be like a thing, but I don't know. That is really interesting. I didn't think of that. Yeah. I didn't think of that too, but I was like, cause in my head, I was so convinced that the theaters um, would decline to a point where, um, you know, people don't really need to go out to enjoy a film 
at, right. at a point, but I, I didn't, I didn't think there was a way to transform a theater into, you know, an amusement park where it's like kid friendly and you can still enjoy the movie and, you know, they can sell a lot of stuff if studio companies own some of these theaters and just have like a mini Disney booth or Disney um, theater. But I mean, what do you think of that? Cause I'm not too sure if that would be the best idea. Yeah, that's really fascinating because I never even thought of that as a possibility. Um, I I would I mean, if that were to happen, I don't see that happening like in the next year or two. But, yeah, I, I mean, mean, with no, this pandemic, maybe, maybe who, who knows? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, like literally, theaters are eating up their like that. So, well, you also mentioned Amazon, uh, which Amazon did or is at least considering purchasing AMC. Yeah, uh, I, I heard about that. But, which would be really fascinating that they would want to preserve that because I think it's not AMC. Uh, I, I don't think that would be Amazon just being like, here, we're here to save the movie theater experience. I feel like that's AMC. Uh, I keep saying AMC. I feel like that's sorry. Amazon being a little little selfish a little bit where, you know, they have a studio. They'll probably want to release a lot more of their films with yeah, AMC, and, and AMC. a company that they own. <laughs> you did bring up an interesting point with... Uh, the evolution of a theater turning into a theme park experience. Yeah, because I mean, there's so much, there's so much um, land or like real estate there that it, it it would be a waste. Like, what would it transform into? It's already a theater. You mm. would have to do a lot to change that space into something else, like a store. Right. So might as well keep. I mean, all right. Let's let's just let's just pretend this didn't happen. All right, whatever. I'll, I'll keep it in the video because I. <laughs> Editing it might be too much, but um, where were we? Amazon picking up. Oh, right. Um, yeah, so Amazon picking up uh, AMC's yeah. $5 billion debt, which, I mean, if Jeff boy there has uh, <laughs> a bit of money, so Jeffy boy is the world's first trillionaire. That's where it's is that already Is that already a thing? Or he, um, it's, still, it's, I think he's, he's creeping up. It. Yeah. He's creeping up. All right. Wow. But so if he buys the theaters, mm-hmm. he would have, I mean, cause my, my argument to that is that, you know, Amazon's always been a, um, an online thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, mostly, I mean, they, they have Whole Foods and stuff and other right. companies that are actually like tangible stuff, but I think they're more online. So it wouldn't make sense. But then again, I don't know what because you know profits can sometimes you know outweigh what right. they they ideally want as a company because if they see a lot of profits in in the amc theaters or any theater in that matter i think they will go for it but to me they they just been such an online giant that if they if they see that theater companies are already struggling even before the quarantine, mm. why would they invest in so much money taking on AMC's debt, which is pretty big? Mm-hmm. I mean, even though he has a lot of money, but you know, you don't want to sacrifice going into a, a dying industry. Business, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that's my argument to that, but who knows? I mean, that's probably why they haven't like finalized the deal yet. He's probably just like, why would I do this? Yeah. I mean, there's probably definitely a lot of people that are deciding with him as well, like sure. accountants as well, to see what the price is. But I don't know, because like, yeah, theaters will always exist, but streaming services has been such 
a convenience for everyone, like, you know, for price. And oh, yeah. I mean, like the experience now doesn't, doesn't um, match up to the price and the, the inconvenience of going to the theater. Right. That's, that's a very fair point. It is an inconvenience to go to the theater, especially yeah. if you have people on their phones, people talking yeah. during the movie. You don't want that. Also like in, you know, movie theaters have kind of a, a cyclical like season, you know, like summers, there would be a lot. And then, you know, the Oscar seasons is probably the only time that that was made because theaters are struggling at that point because movies were already released back then. Right. And then, you know, this whole streaming service kind of solves everything because everyone, everyone can um, show their films online without the, the factors of, of a pandemic of like, mm-hmm. you know, a, a snowstorm or any, any inconvenience to theaters. Cause I feel like, I mean, this might be a small thing, but like, you know, these public shootings have been so much that people are scared to go out in public, especially in theaters. But yeah, you have something against it? No, no, actually uh, supporting that point. Oh. Um, one of the reasons why I didn't see the Joker in theaters was because I was afraid of a copycat. Oh yeah. I mean, people were, yeah. Cause the, the first Batman that happened, I mean, one of the Batmans that happened, right? Yeah. 2012, I think. Dark yeah. Knight Rises. I think that was yeah. 2012. Yeah, I think people are generally just scared to go out in super public spaces. I mean, you could assume that it's since 2001 that's been a thing, but with the shootings and stuff, I think it's more because I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. Even Halloween, there's barely any kids out. Like That's true. Like I'm waiting outside to give candy. That sounds a little creepy, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally, oh, like I, I yeah. would just... At the end of the, the, the day, I would just have a lot of candy and, and like a stomachache because I just ate <laughs> all the candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, like, oh, I haven't been out on Halloween for a really long time. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to work on Halloween, <laughs> which I want the day off. And I got like three productions sisters, are like, so. we have to film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Although on film sets, the good thing about it is like it's, I guess, Everyone's playful what around it, you right? want. Playful. I was. I thought I was going to be the only idiot dressed up for Halloween. Yeah. Um, on my on uh, when I was working on Madam Secretary, uh, I was the only idiot in the office dressed up. But when I went to set, oh my god, everyone was like, yeah, costumes. It was great. I was like, I'm not going back to the office, guys. You guys, you guys don't get me. Don't get <laughs> I'm staying on set with my friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, film sets are definitely. T- r- in a way, relaxed, but I feel like it's to offset the crazy hours and like. All right, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's which is like really fascinating about how this pandemic is actually going to affect that. Um, yeah, literally, with a lot of people are seeming to spec. Well, they're speculating that um, the minimum twelve-hour day is going to be fading out, which I don't oh, know how realistic really? that is. Yeah, I mean, it would be great because it really is a lot of work. That's gonna but, mean that's that means more shooting days, yeah, to make up for it. Days. And accounting is gonna be like freaking out. It's like, man, I don't think we can afford. <laughs> we can't afford anything. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, actually, this film is canceled. <laughs> I mean, going back to the idea of, I mean, we kind of generalize a lot of things, like make assumptions why people are scared in the film and the 
theater business is gonna fall, but mm-hmm. you think it, you think it's gonna fall in a so much that there is no profit anymore because I feel like this this tentpole um, formula of making profits is kind of getting old. Like people it is. are seeing the same universe, the same characters, and you know you you kind of have to make a big advertising deal to make another universe happen for tentpole films to like strive like speaking of tentpole films with universal do you remember the dark universe which i find hilarious oh god the dc (laughs) they um they started with the remake of the mummy i guess it's a reboot uh, with tom cruise and then like when it opens it says dark universe (laughs) and they were like so proud that this was going to be the next Marvel Cinematic Universe. And yeah. It just puffed out. Yeah. And I, mean, I guess that's the problem, like what you were saying before about making temples before. I think, you know, what What really seems to be lost on a lot of, um, I don't want to say executives because I don't really know many of them, but what no, seems to be what's uh, the issue is, is that they're setting out to make a release date, not a movie. So when you see a manufactured product, it's kind of why I feel like a lot of people are cynical about blockbusters, which it's like, you're not really saying anything. You made this to make a profit. You, people can see through that now. Yeah. You need to tell a good story before anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's definitely going to fade out. Like, I think, I think there's going to be a new era of filmmaking that's going to arise from this. Cause everyone is, it's, I think it's just so the inequality with, with the the with how big the films can be is so so big right now it's it's not like it's not like there's a medium budget it's either really high budget or like super low indie so i feel like the profitability of the really high is going to suffer soon and then these low budget that have more accessibility to online distribution is just gonna start popping absolutely 100 percent. so I don't know, like, I I have a very pessimistic view of the movie theaters in the future. Obviously, there's still going to be temple films that are going to bring in the profit, but I think when people see more option and better quality in, in streaming services and, like, VODs, I think, I mean, that's hard because it's, it's assuming that you know, you know the variety of film enough to ex- explore yeah. the VOD because some people just don't have the time to think about, oh, you know, what a good film is and like, oh, this is in the theaters, you know, advertising is telling me to watch it. I'm going to go watch it. So exactly. I don't know yeah, the power. Like, yeah. But like Netflix, when they release a film, I don't know when to do releases. They don't really have a good marketing strategy. Yeah. But I think they have a lot of room to grow. They do, absolutely. That would so, be something that they should probably invest a little bit more on is their marketing campaigns. Yeah, so Netflix, if you're listening, hire <laughs> Anthony. He's a freelancer. <laughs> actually, I know someone who actually works at Netflix. He's like one of a production controller there now. Uh, so maybe I should just text him and be like, here's some advice from a 26-year-old. I'm 26. 26-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my age. It's all right. We all try to forget. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think... Um, it's it's so uncertain because you have to think about what because we have such a um special like a a specific thinking when it comes to films like we we know we know like you know we went to film school we love films we know quality versus 
you know, how big the budget is. Like the budget right. doesn't mean it's a good movie. Absolutely. Sometimes or it's making, the opposite. Making, yeah, or making 200 million does not mean that movie was good. Yeah, it's yeah. Marketing strategy was really good. Yeah, or you just make good looking characters that you could sell like, you know, Baby Yoda. <laughs> Mandalorian man that's I mean we'll get into that because I think we will <laughs> um the VFX we we we're going to talk about but um uh, wow that was that was the first topic <laughs> that flew by for me I just looked at the time of <laughs> it's been an oh, hour. sorry I just cursed I'm sorry no don't worry don't worry <laughs> I mean um anything you want to add on with the AMC versus Universal because I feel like we can talk about this for like another like hour or so but we absolutely can I think I you know when 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 Regal and NATO finally like fought back and they were like we're not gonna let you do this um I think that's when I when I realized that Universal really was gonna lose in this battle yeah uh, because they have to, they have to make a profit. And right now, VOD sales are not going to equate to a billion dollar film. Maybe they will. I'm not going to say they never will. Yeah. But there's no, there's no path in the past. That there's no like clear that path right now. I mean, Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think now that you say the Regal and other, like the NATO is like saying, oh, Universal, you're not getting a, a, a you know, theatrical release. I think, uh, yeah, Universal is going to come back, but I have this one glimpsey hope that they have, they know something that we don't know. And then right. that might, might transform the whole like movie going experience or just watching movies in general. Cause I don't know. I'm just, I just don't like theaters and it's just their price just butt hurts me like it, damn, like, it is it is it's so expensive um and i think they're they they just have to adapt and i think the failure of many corporations that don't adapt i mean you know you're just gonna yeah die. they just they just fall out but or, I, guess, I guess they also try i guess amc and other theaters are also trying to entice people with like a monthly subscription service which i don't have but yeah i know that kind of does attract a lot more people even like people who aren't in our industry yeah they are way more enticed like oh like i already have the amc platinum whatever card so oh so like i can go see this movie yeah yeah they pay like 30 bucks a month or something like that here's the last like the price of one ticket yeah that's crazy so movie pass if that if that worked you think a, a formula like that would save the theater companies movie pass was so sketchy oh it was so good though it was so good i never had it but my friends did um did have it i watched five films for 10 bucks anthony that is incredible i don't know and i don't even think they ever released like how they would ever make a profit i am not entirely clear on how they made a profit they went bankrupt that's exactly what happened (laughs) (laughs) they just they, from my understanding of MoviePass, it was that they came along and they basically attempted to, you know, stronghold the theaters because they weren't doing as well. Yeah. And they were going to say, hey, well, you know, we're going to take over basically your company. Yeah. And uh, the perfect way to shoot back was that AMC and Regal introduced their own monthly subscription passes. Yeah. Uh, which I guess also helped Movie Pass, but also Movie Pass. Like at the end of its run, like they were like, 
you can't see certain movies and people yeah, are like, what the hell? you can't repeat the same like i think they they went with the you know foot in the door method where like oh here's a great deal and then every month it's just like more con- like contingencies that like until it becomes i don't know like what's the point you're just wasting your money because I, I brought this up because it made me go to the movies it did that's great and i mean theater companies amc and you know with with their monthly subscription yeah it's gonna work but like how long is that gonna be sustainable for yeah because i they're banking on like it's it's like how credit cards work you know they're banking on people that don't go to the movie that missed out on one month and they make a profit from that i mean that's that's how they're making money so if, if you guys think that you're getting a deal they're actually making money from you if you're too lazy to go one month Absolutely. Just like a gym membership. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. I'm like, have you ever gone? No. <laughs> <laughs> this month once. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> I went to renew. That's when I went. That's yeah. <laughs> I only went to cancel. But um, all right. I mean, I, I'm hoping for, for the best because I, I do love going to the theaters. It's just, it just sucks this price and like the, the movie industry at this point with the big films are only being shown. It's kind of preventing the smaller films to survive, and you know they they need they need a place for an exhibition. But you know, I guess there people are going to move into the the streaming services because I mean that's more accessible and more I don't convenient. know. Yeah, it's the future. Yeah, right. I mean, I would rather just uh, you know make popcorn for five bucks in my microwave than pay like twenty bucks for popcorn at the movie theater. Wow, you paid five bucks for popcorn, Anthony? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't even <laughs> eat popcorn, so I don't know what I'm saying. Like, man, you got to get a better brand. <laughs> I'm allergic to popcorn. I was just trying to make a point, and you called me out. <laughs> like, damn, it's like triple buttered popcorn? Like, like <laughs> popcorn is usually like a dollar, Anthony. Like, if you buy a bag, <laughs> you ever you're on some bougie popcorn. <laughs> Did you ever see Arrested Development? I've seen a few. Um, I've never seen the show, but I have seen a clip of, um, this one, like, wealthy character who, by the way, I'm broke people, so I don't think I'm a wealthy person because I think popcorn's $5, but, um, <laughs> this is one character, she has, like, her, like, martini, and she's like, oh, God, what could a banana cost? It's, like, $10? <laughs> like, one singular banana, and that's what I feel like right now, but I just don't know things, people, it's just because I'm ignorant. I mean, I think in that show, they're, um they're one of one of the characters sell bananas that's i think that's <laughs> is, that, is that the thing yeah 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 oh sorry i hit my mic just way over my head damn ten dollars for a banana <laughs> i mean with the, with how inflation is gonna go with this stuff who, who knows it might be ten dollars oh, yeah. in the future literally just like uh, that'll be uh one live child please <laughs> so like that, that'll hair. cost an, an arm <laughs> yeah i'm like oh, okay then you got two it's fine can I get a discount with half an arm? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, let's move on to number two, which is state of the film industry this year. Because, you know, it's like people will see the AMC and Universal affecting more of the audience. But yeah, this pandemic is also affecting the people that work in the film industry. So, I mean with my take is i think it's gonna be on 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 the one hand i think there's there's gonna be a uh it's gonna be really busy just to catch up and all the those um canceled 
shows or postpone shows because you know they need to make a profit and they can't they can't keep pushing release dates because if if they don't release it this year they don't make a profit this year so right. either that there's going to be a big surge but i also think that with with this unprecedented pandemic there's going to be regulations like you said with the the hours like how is that going to affect i mean you have more insight in it i'm just seeing it in a um in a electric standpoint because you know i work i work at an electric warehouse right but i i think people are eager to work it's just i i'm not sure if the other other departments are or how the whole like I don't know. What's your what's your take on this, Anthony? My take is, you know, SpongeBob is where my SpongeBob reference comes in. Yes. <laughs> Remember when? Oh, I, SpongeBob. Yo, we're set. <laughs> I'm about to say you're really good at your podcast because I did not even tell you about this, and you're already set. I just felt um, like wearing yellow today. I'm telling you, you're. You're on the ball. <laughs> Remember when uh, they go like into his head briefly, and because uh, he forgot his name. And then yeah. you see a whole, there's like a pack of SpongeBob's like running around, like yeah. screaming, throwing paper, and there's like fire everywhere. That's essentially what it oh is now. My God. Oh, in the in the accounting office, in in production as a whole, just like oh, no yeah. one knows what is really going on. Like yeah. people will pretend like they do, or they're like, yeah, like, but like the 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 real truth of it is that no one really has a clue about what to do next. Yeah. So you're are, you're on the side of we don't know. For sure, yeah. I mean, there are like plans that studios and um, certain creatives are like trying to push forward. Um, actually, I actually I find it really interesting that um, in the UK, um, the government just gave like the approval for film productions to restart there. I heard, yeah. But unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, um, that doesn't necessarily mean the studios will go back because it actually turns into. Um, a, a possible legal battle of um, who would be responsible for if someone got a, a sick, if someone got sick, or or it contaminates like, who, who the whole. Sick. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I'm sure the studio lawyers and every lawyer that they can get their hands on are trying to figure that out before yeah. they will ever let anyone step foot on a set again. Yeah. Um, and then I did get an interesting, I'm not going to name the studio, but I did get um, a an packet insight? from a studio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a packet from a studio that I've worked for in the past and they uh, kind of sent like a PDF of um, certain like potential rules and regulations that people would have yeah. to follow. So like unfortunately, a rough draft. Kind of, but like, unfortunately the problem was it like read as if it was written by someone who has never stepped foot on a film set before. Mm. Which was really, which is probably the case. The case. <laughs> it's probably the case. Just have a lot of money. Like, yeah, they were literally saying like, "Yep, you have to stand six feet away from each other," which is a very good procedure that every single person watching this should do. But um, on a film set, like that's not really possible. Especially I mean, I actors. Could, especially actors. Um, they were mentioning stagger work hours which is where the 12 hour thing kind of like kicked in, yeah. which is I'm like either going to really extend the day or just like extend just your another day. shooting days. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just insane. Um, another thing was, Oh, if you buy a prop, um, you should buy that prop three days before you're using it. Keep the prop, you know, three days in case there's any contaminants on it, like the virus will die and then you can use it. But 
What if there's, there's like a last minute problem? Yeah, it's always last minute. Film's always last minute. Always last minute. Excuse oh, me. Gosh. Yeah, so like reading this, I was like, this doesn't really seem realistic. But I mean, I guess certain <laughs> shows um, are trying to do bottle episodes. So for, for people watching this who may not know what a bottle episode is, it's basically um, like an episode of a TV show that all takes place like in one location, uh, minimal characters, minimal cast uh, to, you know, maybe they can like the writers will come up with a filler episode that's not really going to progress the narrative yeah, of the story, oh but gosh. the studio sure needs something to yeah. broadcast on TV. So, Oh man. I mean, so it's a lot of unknowns and a lot of, cause I, I went into this thinking there would be, you know, the, the industry would just come right back as, as strong as, as it left. But I mean, there's a lot of unknowns. I mean, I don't even know if there's going to be, be big productions that's going to happen this year alone or what's going to happen with um with with shows and content in the near future like there's not there's not enough like content out there that was shot before the quarantine to like fill out the whole year i mean there are going to be like shows like um like disney's doing this um home sing-along if you right. oh you know about that I so heard about it, it, yeah I, I saw a few episodes it was it was pretty fun so yeah. like everyone's just shooting at home and like like shooting their their own content which is kind of like such a youtube thing it's it like, is it is it's so funny to watch them like everyone's just shooting with their iphones like yeah and like it, it's hilarious because like a lot of youtube creators or content creators like have better equipment than like the celebrities that are using like their yeah, I mean, celebrities are celebrities. Yeah, they, they don't, are, absolutely. They don't, they don't know. Because, um, I mean, phones nowadays are, are good enough, but I think, um, I mean, now they brought up YouTube, I think YouTube is, like, going to really expand after this. Like, this, that's where it's free. I mean, I, ads are getting crazy on YouTube. Um, I, I, they're ridiculous. And they're, I'm not sure if you noticed the ads on YouTube. They're, like, slowly extending so like they used to have a five second ad and I had no problem with it. It's five 15 second, second now, right? No, well, there are 15 seconds ones, but like the ones that were originally five seconds, yeah. I noticed one time it extended to six seconds and I was like, hmm, weird, one what? second extra, but whatever. And now yeah. it extended to seven seconds. And I'm like, listen, you're, I, I'm noticing the, <laughs> the incremental <laughs> increase in this ad time and I don't like it. I mean, are those the ads that you can skip? No. Oh my God. And the 15 second ones are annoying too because they feel like an eternity. Yeah. It's almost like you have to mute your computer and like hope for the best. You know what I do, which I probably shouldn't say, but I'm going to say Tell it. Me because anything, YouTube will it. probably, YouTube will probably hear this and be like, we're going to fix that. But like, <laughs> I would rather click on the same video 17 times and quit the video like on my phone. Yeah. If the, until the ad just like doesn't play and the video will just automatically play. I would rather do that for like 20 minutes than listen to a stupid ad that I don't care about. Yeah, I mean, some of the ads are based on what you've been searching for. I feel like so, they don't know what I'm searching for. That's the thing. I mean, like, I think like, you just have really good privacy settings on your phone, or whatever, maybe because I have I have like the Amazon Alexa over here, so it like hears me all the time. So oh my god, you so know maybe that's the thing. Speaking of ads, um, I was on the phone with my mom the other day. Yeah, and I I never Googled this. I never searched it on my phone. I never made a note on my phone about this. But I spoke to my mom on the phone. And I said, hey, um, we, we need like to get turtle food. So if you're out, can you pick some up? And she was like, sure. 
like the next day I got an ad for turtle food. Target yeah, turkey. that's that's I how... didn't I didn't take a photo of a turtle food like bottle. I didn't Yeah, you didn't look it up, you just said it. Look it up right? anything. I just said it and I was like, hmm, they're listening. <laughs> I go yeah. half and half on this. I'm like, it's cool because I'm like, I would rather be targeted for things I would actually use, but also yeah. my privacy is being invaded. <laughs> yeah, because this can be Oh, this is a whole new podcast. <laughs> this is a whole new podcast. Yeah. I'm sorry. I completely took this in no, a direction. I, I was just thinking about it. It's like, wow, there's a lot to talk to about about this, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. Back on track with production. All right. Uh, what were we? <laughs> All right. Oh so, God. I mean, I think it's, it's going to be, there's either going to be a lot of production and there's, I think everyone's hoping for the right safety protocols and the, the right like legal like contracts to get this happening. Because yeah. you're you're always film shoots. There's always going to be someone sick, and there's always going to be like, you know, someone catching that sickness. That's just a normal thing. You know, people are overworked. That's another right. story. Yeah, people are true. overworked. Their immune systems are down. You know, sometimes there's food penalties, so like you're they're not eating like enough, and then it's just I don't know. I think stress it just eats away the body, making it more more um, susceptible to diseases but i don't know i think this pandemic is going to change a lot but i i really hope it doesn't um, change how we shoot because i mean i i hope it changed for the better like less work hours and you know different distribution of money so that it actually goes to the contents of the executive or like you know you know how like sketchy money where it goes during film shoots so I don't know, maybe there's rules that can go into that that would, you know, um, solicit, I mean, that would distribute it in a more uh, like legal and transparent way. Yeah. I mean, that's that's been a problem with Hollywood since Hollywood started. So I don't think that oh, yeah. problem's going to be resolved anytime soon. We can hope, but yeah. I think also because like this is like so new, like art, like yeah. at least the show that I was working on prior to it being shut down yeah um what was going on was basically um i have like friends on many different shows like that are shooting in new york and primarily television it's a lot of tv in new york um and they were there were whisperings going on for a really long time saying hey this show is probably going to shut down and uh a lot of us like weren't sure if our particular show would get get shut down yeah Uh, yeah and what was smart about what our executives and what our producers did was that they shut it down before we, like, we were like a couple of days away from shooting. And wow. uh, yeah, like we had, we were like, everyone was pretty much casted. We got our scripts, yeah. we got everything. And uh, I think we only had like a day or two. Actually, you know, I think we were actually supposed to start shooting. We got shut down on a Friday and I think we were supposed to start shooting on that Monday. Holy crap. They pulled yeah, the plug really They pulled good. the plug. But like that was realistically a really smart thing they did because we yeah. didn't want to spread this virus to anyone and film sets are really art they really are a peachy dish addition yeah. of, uh, of diseases <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's so i'm like unfortunately it did put people out of work yeah but you know you should really be putting someone's health before profits Obviously, in, yeah. any, in any industry yeah so that's why i'm like really proud of like what our producers did i'm like thank you for being smart yeah i mean it it's kind of the same in 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 my in my um in my job because we had a lot of shows we had a lot of shows out and then the week i think it was a week and a half before we actually um uh closed we had like 
other shows from different warehouses that that closed and then you know i i don't want to be too pessimistic about like the the pandemic because you know you want to be like oh we we should we should like get get like a vaccine or something and you know right. we're, we're strong people we got this and i didn't think dude, the whole world would shut down you know what i mean right yeah but so a, a week and a half some shows were shutting down and then the news i think it was during uh president the president's speech about the coronavirus when it got really serious um right. so at that point it was like another uh three four days and then studios just started to like you know cancel everything so all the equipment came and we couldn't even touch the equipment because like right. you know it, it says 72 hours so like the owner just came out and just talked to us like uh listen you know don't touch that equipment that could be you know harmful i want everyone to be safe go home take care of your family you know the owner is really cool at, at my job. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah. And then, you know, he called, he called us like a week ago just to check up on us and stuff. So like, how's your family and stuff. So that's great. So it's almost like we, it wasn't our decision necessarily. It was like productions right. are shutting down. So we have no profit. It doesn't make sense for, for us to be still working and yeah. like rearranging stuff. So, I mean, it it did catch me off guard, which I think it did for a lot of people. Because who who knew that the world would shut down? Nothing like this ever happened. So right. why would you think about this? Exactly. And the scary thing is, like, no one really knows what this thing is. Like, sure, it's a strain of coronavirus, but like, yeah, it's never like it's not. Yeah, they're saying it takes a year to get like a a vaccine now with all the testing. So um, yeah, um, actually, on my show, um, someone. Maybe I shouldn't say this. I'm not sure I can cut this part out. Um, but like someone on our show did have the coronavirus. And um, I I was sick for like two weeks, I think. Oh, you thought weeks. you had it? No, I did have it. Um, oh. I mean, yeah, that's I up to you if you want to disclose it or not. Because I think if anything, you're much better than the whole population because oh, um, yeah. you, have, you have the immunity. Yeah, exactly. Um, what had happened was I was like, I... I, I it didn't affect me like too bad. Like I felt sick or whatever, but like, I wasn't to the point where I felt like I was going to like drop. Yeah. I can't breathe. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. But like whenever I would take like really deep breaths, um, I couldn't like my lungs mm. would just give out. And like, yeah. I, was, I would just be coughing. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, I self isolated for five weeks. Wow. Yeah. Like I stood in my apartment and I did not leave. Oh, also cause like my, my, my mom is, you know, she's in her sixties. So like, I didn't want to like, yeah, obviously. Risk. Yeah. And I didn't want to put anyone else at risk. So I just stood inside for like five weeks and just like did not go outside, did not do anything. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like in a way it was kind of fun because it was like, oh, like it's like staying home from school almost because like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. do something creative. I'm going to go write a script. I'm going like, to do nice, something like nice. that. Yeah. Kind of do something kind of cool and creative. But unfortunately, a lot of people who I've worked with, well, not a lot of people, but a few people I worked with like as recently as four months ago, like passed away. <gasps> oh my gosh. And it's like, it gets really frustrating. Were they older? older people like no not even like maybe like in their one passed away i believe he was in his like late 40s i guess not jesus old at all. christ yeah 
Man, I mean, you you got lucky, Anthony. Like, yeah, I, I you got through it, and now you're immune <laughs> to it. Like, hopefully, if I anything, like you'll be the first one on a film set. To, you know what I mean? Like, hey guys, please hire me, please, please hire me. <laughs> it's on your it's on your resume. <laughs> yeah, I'm COVID nineteen immunity. <laughs> <laughs> like COVID nineteen, check. Got that off my bucket list. Survived. <laughs> Survives. Thank God. But um, but then actually, my mom um got tested for the virus, like just to like be on the safe side. And yeah. She she has no antibodies. So I mean, she like she never got it. So. Score. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's Isolation good and people. bad because that means well, she can still immunity. get it. Yeah. yeah. I but, I mean, the good thing is, I mean, you have a puppy too, right? I'm actually dog sitting. So. Um, oh, my, my, I was like, oh, my, you my have aunt puppy the whole time. Yeah, I had the puppy the whole time because uh, oh my aunt my she's gosh. actually going through uh, chemo. Yeah, uh, but she's she's fine. She's gone through chemo and it's working and everything. Perfect. But um, her immune system, you know, her immune system's so low. So like we we're like we'll take the dog and we'll take care of him. Well, you know, we're not gonna see you for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You stay in your apartment. So dogs help. Although now apparently dogs can get the coronavirus. No, I think that's fake. I think um, it is okay. Thank God. Yeah, because I saw a lot of memes of people sending their dogs to the groceries it's <laughs> yeah it's, it's the best <laughs> there was I, I i i think i read this article um i i like to think i get my art my research from like good sources um i but i don't recall what article this was so don't quote yeah no nah, i'll go um whenever like meme. those protests were happening yeah, could yeah. Be a meme. <laughs> <laughs> like when these protests were happening in north carolina uh like they're like we want to go back to work or whatever and people are being dumb yeah apparently some dog in north carolina tested positive and i was like of course the dog was in north carolina because that's where like no one's following <laughs> safety protocol yeah it's just insane no I, oh, yeah it goodness. tested positive for coronavirus yeah i mean I'm i sure mean i feel like it could it could test it. positive but it's not it could be a false positive i guess false positive or it doesn't affect the dog as much you know there's okay. some diseases that that doesn't affect and like some species yeah, but, and I haven't heard any like updates from that. So I mean, hopefully that just went away and we can all yeah. forget about that. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a clickbait because you definitely want to read that article. Because if, if you're a dog lover, you're gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna put a mask. Have you seen those like photos of dogs with like masks on? It's, yeah. so, it's so adorable. <laughs> the dog I'm watching was um breathing like slightly heavier yet like yeah. the other day, and I was like, <laughs> like how's his respiratory system? Yeah, right. <laughs> Just put his chest on your ears, like you good. <laughs> I'm like googling stuff, like is it allergies or could it be worse? Like some yeah. Fox News clickbait thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna but scare you. Dog, dogs are the best, though. I mean, dogs the good the thing best. is they're they're not being affected as much. Thank God. All right, um, man. I'm sidetracked. so sorry. That no, it's, I, I it's am not. next topic. Wow, out of six topics, we only went to two. <laughs> All right. I mean, these are important topics, so I think it's they are. They we should are. Uh, talked about it for for the people that would need to hear it. All right. They so are. the prospect of film jobs in the future, because this is a very, it's a yeah, it's something that concerns both of us. Because you know, film is a need. I I think it's a needed uh, industry to work on, but. In in some circumstances like this, who who no one would have thought of, like, you know, what do you think of the prospect of the, you know, just the future of film industry? I mean, just I the jobs. 
Right. I think, like, well, yeah, especially now more than ever, we need entertainment because, like, what else? Yeah. Um, so I feel like there will definitely be a lot of work because also one of the topics coming up are the number of streaming platforms there are. Yeah. And there are so, 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 so many. Yeah. Um, Quibi, which I never used, but have you heard of Quibi? Yeah, it's weird. I heard of it because my T-Mobile plan was like, oh, you get <laughs> Oh, yeah, you get it. Quibi is like, I, I can't speak of it because I've never used it, but I will speak yeah. a little bit because I don't care. Um, it was like the weirdest thing. And the the CEO or creator or um, some, some higher up of Quibi, because uh, Quibi isn't doing well. Quibi was, uh, <laughs> it's not, not doing well at all. Um, it's it. like 10 minute, 10 minute bites of like episodes is like their that's like their niche that they're trying to go yeah it's horrible Um, and i don't know anyone personally who worked on quibi shows but i did hear of um (laughs) through the grapevine of other people who worked on quibi shows and apparently um the crew isn't treated that well on those productions which will greatly affect you know who wants to work with there yeah and if they're exploiting people for minimum like the hours yeah in the hours um yeah i don't i didn't go too far into uh the complaints that the crew members did have but from what i did hear it was apparently like a shit show damn uh, i mean what i saw is literally like i think they hired the jonas brothers <laughs> because literally that was the only like famous people i saw there and obviously the, the oh, what's her name the girl from game of thrones was like the wife of one of the jonas wow. brothers yeah. <laughs> well, why, why are you laughing? I don't, I don't know her name. <laughs> no, I'm laughing because I think I'm thinking of like this, um, not even a skip, but like an episode. I guess like Quibi was trying to do like a Black Mirror knockoff. And oh. they had a, did you see the girl with the golden arm? The golden arm? No. Okay. I'm just Is that a movie? Like, it's like, I guess like a 10 minute anthology of like this potential Black Mirror knockoff. And it's about this girl who has a golden, a golden arm. And yeah. I don't know if it's like a prosthetic or if it's like a, like a Thanos snap thing that yeah, yeah, yeah. takes over the world or something. But um, the there's this scene that's gone viral on Twitter, and it's uh, this girl in the hospital, and the doctor's like, "You have gold disease. You take off that golden arm." But it's played like so straight, yeah, like yeah, like yeah. what he's saying is like so serious, and like it's. I thought it was a comedy because like it's so ridiculous, and they were like the girls like no. I can't take off my golden arm. Like that's like her acting. And but meanwhile, she won like an Emmy. So like she's talented. So yeah. it's so strange, like how this thing, and then um, apparently she dies with her golden arm. And that's like the whole thing. Oh gosh. I mean. So there's a lot of jobs out there. They're just probably not quality jobs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's always, there, there will always be um, film production jobs. It's just, I, I mean, some of them are, are not going to be, you know, treated well people are going to exploit but um i mean side note when i saw quibi because you know timo was like oh you got a free yeah i'm like all right let me check it out right it's literally like they have like maybe 15 shows and that's it and i was like oh what's the point it's pretty pricey yeah. too i think if, is it if you don't have T-Mobile, I, think, I think i think pricey. it was i think it's 6.99 if i remember but yeah, with my T-Mobile, it was like free. So I was like, oh, I was, I'm going to surprise my fiance that we have this. I didn't, I don't, I didn't tell her yet because it was so bad. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, I don't think it was, it's worth it telling her. But um, no. yeah, I mean, the Koi B, 
uh, hopefully they're they they fix things up because I feel like they're they're trying to get into the scene where like the streaming service and like oh whatever whatever model we do as long as we're in the streaming service we're gonna like like advance but I don't I don't I think in their case they found that not to be true right 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 and. Uh, they would have like 10 minute episodes for, I guess like the intention behind it was for like, let's say apparently one of the quotes they said, I don't know. I, I don't remember exactly what all they good, said, but good. apparently it was something to the extent of like, you know, like it's for the commuter who's on a train and only has like 10 minutes to like watch something, which I guess is kind of interesting, but it just seems like you can just watch content on YouTube for that. Yeah. And I think even if you pay for one of the services, you still get ads, which I find weird. I feel like if you're yeah. paying for something, there shouldn't be ads. Yeah. And then you can pay a higher premium for Oh, like to no get ads, the ads. Which, that's... which I find dumb. And that's dumb. But like the creator or CEO was like, we blame our fail- the failure of Quibi to the pandemic and all the pandemic and nothing else. <laughs> and I was like, I think that's a reach. But okay. I think they should like flourish, if anything. You would think so. As like, people like, are bored. Yeah. I mean, they can they can have shows that people could shoot at home i mean they're not it's a 10 minute thing if anything they could have like a youtube company but all right what yeah quibi it's quibi it, we'll, we'll quibi. see i'm sorry yeah and, I, and, and that, also like i probably wouldn't be so upset about quibi if i wasn't like targeted for ads for them like so often i was like I don't yeah care. man i hate ads god it, it's, yeah, like, it's just terrible it some ads are actually louder than the actual video have you have you realized that yeah so it's, like i hate oh, it that's like yeah i'm just like watching like a you know sometimes i watch asmr right i mean the good thing is asmr doesn't have like the craziest ads but there, some of the ads where you know my volume is like in the middle i'm like all right whatever i'm gonna watch this video it was set from the video before and this yeah. ad comes up and it's just like blasting through my whole apartment i was like what the heck so that's that's why i, was, I hate ads yeah i was um i was working upstate on a movie for like six months and I was in a hotel for six months and I was having a really hard time sleeping. So I was like, you know, I'm going to like play like, like I can sleep in the rain. So I played like this. Oh, um, that's perfect. Yeah. I played like rain and like I fell asleep to it. Oh it no. Like oh no. Five hour long video. And then like maybe like an hour into it, um, <laughs> an ad just blasts so loud. It woke me up. I like jumped out of bed like, ah, <laughs> like I think I knocked my lamp over yeah broke it <laughs> oh man. and i was just like i hate ads and i hate youtube and i don't want to pay for youtube premium so okay oh you could me, get you can get rid of it with youtube premium right you can um i just so i'm just annoying. broke so just yeah i mean i, I, I don't think it, i don't think it's worth it you could you could like what you said your your strategy just like exit out video and stuff i would rather spend 20 minutes exiting an ad than listen to a 15 (laughs) second ad also like if you can't get my attention in like five seconds you're not going to get it in 15 so yeah yeah or just like i mean the skipping i I feel like it should be there all the time all the time i I feel like you didn't get in five seconds yeah i mean at that point we're compromising to have ads but we should you know what i mean why are we compromising with ads just get rid of exactly i'm like i guess you can take my identity i guess and yeah but also no maybe not yeah all right you ever seen minority report by any chance which was that is that Um, a video minority report from um it's a movie from 2002 from spielberg uh minority oh no no i have it i heard about it 
I would recommend it because it came out in 2002 and it's scary how much they like predicted like ads that you can't avoid in that oh movie. Oh my god, I think I know what you're talking about. I'll, I'll write it down. It's interesting. Yeah. That, that's oh. my that's my stance on ads. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we could go another hour against ads cuz We could. I'm sorry. I keep hijacking No, it's it's perfect. I, it's it's conversations that like open up to new ideas, so I'm always open to that. But all right. Um so prospect of future film prospect of film jobs is it's kind of unknown it's unknown but say. there definitely will be yeah it's just uh, we're waiting for the regulations and stuff to um solidify yeah. so we know more um and a lot of big big studios actually are uh their their intention is to not put shows back into production until there's a vaccine oh, which wow. i don't know how how i mean yeah. i guess a year but that's a yeah. year of like not employing people so it's like I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to make this. I mean, this New, York, New York um, labor unemployment benefits is really good. So they are. Yeah, so. I think they've run after six months, though. No, it's it's a year. I think. Oh, it's a year. Oh, yeah. I, I saw it on the website. Yes. So uh, <laughs> yeah, get the vaccine for a year. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be making more YouTube videos. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, literally. There we go. Thanks. Thanks, guys. You're the best. Yeah. I Man, I hope it doesn't kick kick our butt during taxes hopefully not oh god all right <laughs> i'm sorry to scare you i think i don't i don't think you thought about it i have it but it's fine <laughs> ignorance is bliss all right let's go it is this is this next topic is something that i think you could talk about more because i when we did our first project you were the only ones to incorporate this on your production one film which is vfx yeah. I mean, if, if you guys know Anthony or I've seen his YouTube videos, you know that he's obsessed with dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Obsessed with it. I mean, his obsession actually landed him to be an extra in one of the biggest dinosaur franchises. There we go. There we go. He definitely has more. He's just Beautiful being humble. Models. There's probably oh, a, yeah. the last raptor hanging above his head as a chandelier. Who knows? No, it's right here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not going to say any more dinosaurs because you're going to school me because I have no idea what I'm talking about. Because I thought the Velociraptor you was do. You flying. <laughs> See, there we go. There we go. <laughs> oh, where do I begin? No, I'm kidding. Anyway, so this is the thing because with the advancement of technology and all these shows that's coming out, I think, you know, VFX, we knew it was going to be the future, but now with the pandemic, it's more of a accelerated future i think like um yeah. to be incorporated i mean it it is already been um moving at a faster rate since before the pandemic but for sure you know i i guess it's not a question if it's the new future but you know cuz i think I, I wrote it as a question but in in the sub sub note i wrote should film school make vfx a concentration because I think when we went to school, it wasn't a thing. I mean, you you learned it yourself. Yeah, I learned it through like YouTube tutorials, uh, which I'm not sure if other. I mean, I'm not too familiar with the programs that other schools have, uh, and or if they even do. If other schools do have a VFX concentration, but they don't, they absolutely should. It's yeah. such an integral part of the industry. But being a vfx artist is also like one of the hardest things i think ever because like they're underpaid they're overworked like anyone on set but i feel yeah. like them more so than others 
because um, there are so many VFX companies out there. There are so many popping up. And I'm not sure if you remember uh, back in the 2013 Oscars, uh, Life of Pi, that movie with Oh, Con, yeah. Uh, they won uh, Best Visual Effects. And during the Oscars, the, uh, their company, the, C- the VFX company, I believe it was called Rhythm and Hughes, they were filing for bankruptcy. So the VFX producer used that platform of accepting the award to yeah. pay attention to how, and in the middle of that, they played the Jaws theme, like a minute or two into the speech about it because it was literally the, industry, the, the academy being like, we don't want to hear about your problems. Oh Get off my the stage. gosh next and you can see it and actually i looked it up uh specifically for this topic um the video is on youtube on the on the academy's official youtube page and it has so many dislikes and all the comments are yeah of course like you just ignore the vfx artists pleading for help because they're not being paid well and the problem with that is that you hear a lot of visual effects producers uh saying hey like we have to accept that we're going to be underpaid and overworked because if we don't take the job, there's another company willing to take it. Yeah. So we have to, in order to just to pay people and survive. And then Rhythm and Hughes, I believe actually did went bankrupt. They did go bankrupt. Oh my God. That's so sad. I mean, you think that the VFX is so new that there's no um, protection against them at this point. You know, the, the artist, I'm not sure how it works for all vfx companies but i don't believe they are actually employees of the vfx company i believe like they are freelancers oh they're outsourced okay i believe they are i could be very wrong about that but i think that that is how it goes and uh you know if you're a freelancer you typically don't have the insurance or like the benefits that yeah are attributed to that um i i i'm i'm not unfortunately i'm not too familiar on those protocols but i am aware that vfx uh, artists are very unhappy with their stance in the industry. Wow, I didn't know about that. I thought there, I mean, from what you told me, I feel like it's more, they're such a new um, job, only been in the, you know, for the past. Two, I mean, I guess since Jurassic Park, but at, at that point, you know, there's more and more films and, and shows nowadays that yeah. need it. So I guess, <clears throat> I mean, if anything, I hope. They get representation. I, I feel like the big ones have representation because, you know, if they're... Probably like ILM or something like that. They yeah. Do. But I, I mean, I wish there's like a union for... I mean, uh, hopefully there is a union that would protect... I mean, there might be too, but I just know that so many of them are like very concerned about their livelihood because they, uh, they just... They're just like forced to sit at a computer. I believe yeah. like someone said they mm. were like literally working for like over 24 hours on a computer. Uh, which should not be the case in any industry ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, damn. I mean, I I hope. I think it's also because there's there's not a big awareness of how important VFX is. Because um, you know, I think the academy, what they did was, it, it's. I feel like they they did it because they're running out of time. But it's also like, yeah, we don't want to hear your problems. Exactly. But I think there's a lot of departments that are kind of undervalued and in the film community. I mean, we could see that with the Oscars with their categories and stuff, but I mean, what, what other um, departments are kind of undervalued? Accounting, accounting for sure. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, Um, that would be, that would be under producing, right? 
or would it be subcategory? Um, it's it's just kind of considered its own department. Accounting is its own department. Um, kind of like there's the art department, there's production, production office, uh, and then accounting yeah. is also like its own thing. Um, accounting is always the last <laughs> one to be recognized, but the first the first people go to when there's a problem financially which yeah. is hilarious so like you're like oh when 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 there's a problem you come to us but like at the end of the show when you're thanking every department you forget accounting so it's yeah kind of like a but like i can say that personally just because I'm, <laughs> right, I'm sure Anthony, i'm sure i'm sure every, I'm sure, I'm sure every department feels undervalued yeah i mean uh, your your boss is the upm is that correct yeah well the yeah the upm is like the boss of everyone who's below the line. oh okay uh and but like I do report to like and like the main accountant, the key accountant, yeah. who is like my boss, and then I have a supervisor, and there's different rankings within. Yeah, the but uh, I I don't know this, but who who's after your the main accountant? Like who's his or her boss? Oh sure. So um so the boss t- typically the accountant the the key accountant the lead accountant is hired by the studio. Yeah. Um. UPMs and producers can go to the studio and say, hey, we really like this person. Can we work with them? And yeah. you know, the studio will be like, sure. Um, so uh, technically, while the UPM is the boss of everyone below the line and can certainly you know, make the call to yeah. the studio and be like, I don't want this person or I love this person, yeah. um, the accountant reports to the studio, the finance executive. Oh, wow. So they go straight to the studio. They don't have like a middleman. Yeah, directly to the studio. Yeah. Because I, I guess like, yeah, it's, it's the money the studio is 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 spending. So you kind of, you're the one. Oh, okay. Because I, I was something, like, I I don't know much about like the, the production um, departments like the side. So. Right. Yeah, I, I guess there's more subcategories in production because that's kind of how a film gets made. But yeah, yeah, so many. Um, yeah, especially with accounting because uh, I remember on another movie that I won't name, but um, it was going like very over budget, and the poor accountant mm. was getting yelled at by the studio oh, like no. all the time. Yeah, just like why is it going over? And then the movie was a huge success, and then everything was forgiven. So oh. <laughs> My IMDb is very limited, so I'm sure people can deduce. What <laughs> Just defend yourself, Anthony. You're good. Um, Absolutely, I didn't say it. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I guess like the, we can move on from the VFX because that that is an obvious thing. I mean, with the Mandalorian right now, like shooting all exterior films like indoors, like how, what do you think about that? How awesome is that? I believe it's called stagecraft, and it's the most incredible thing i've seen it's i think it's the most incredible inv- advancement in the film industry that i've seen and like, i think so yeah i imagine like 20 30 years ago when they first saw a cg like that blew their mind yeah. i saw this and this blew my mind i was like i had I no idea until yeah. i saw the behind the scene i was like wow what location is this maybe like maybe like this desert nevada nevada yeah. <laughs> like, I, was, I was like damn they went to nevada <laughs> But then I it's saw the behind so the scene. Insane. I was like, "Wait, they're in a studio? What?" Yeah. And for like for whoever's listening who may not know, like my understanding of it is like all the environments that they're using on that show, they're rendered in this software called Unreal Engine, which is typically like used. For oh, did you see that one? Did you see the, yeah. the video of like when it came out? I think it came out just this week, and 
I'll, I'll put the link in the description because it's kind of unreal. Like, like what it says. It's incredible. It, you, it's literally the most real. I don't think you could get it realer than, than this rendition of, cause you can, you can interact with the environment and wherever you go, it is so detailed that I feel like to some people, they're going to be tricked into thinking like, wow, this is shot in real life or, I don't know. It just got me excited. Like, this is the future of gaming. Like, what? It's incredible. And you can change it. Like, and it's like all projected on an LED screen. And like, it tracks, like, you know, you can, you can edit the environment in real time if you don't like Yeah, it. yeah, Like the lighting Older and is. stuff. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And like, they have different um, engines where they can control like, like uh, particle, how they interact with each other. It, it's, it's something crazy. But I think, I think that's, Oh, that's exciting. But like, I, it's almost one of those things where like, is that the peak of advancement? Cause I, I don't see anything else that can make that better. Maybe, maybe like haptic feedback where you're actually feeling that you're there at some point, but visually. That would be really cool. Visually. Yeah. Yeah. But visually, I don't think we could, you know what I mean? That's fascinating, yeah, because like when when uh, CG, did you see the CG in um, the planet, the recent Planet of the Apes trilogy? No, I haven't watched oh, any God. of those movies. Oh, Neve, you need to I see those know, movies. I know, Anthony. They are good, like not even good, they're great films, like, yeah. just, like just on their own. But visually, the third one, I think it was like War for the Planet of the Apes, they have like close-ups on the CG. And it's so photoreal. Like, I honestly think, like, I can't imagine that getting any better. Yeah. But I'm sure it can get better. Yeah, um, but that's and I'm the sure, question, like, as technology, how? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of the exciting part. Because back then, like, you know, when we saw film, it was like, wow, this is, that, that's the perfect image. And then digital right. came, and then it became photorealistic. It's, it's weird, because I, I, it's almost like I'm comparing it to art in a way where there was a point in art where everything's photorealistic. But then the next era came and it became like abstract. Right. So, Picasso. Yeah, I don't know if... I mean, I'm, I'm just like, you know, obviously it's apples to oranges, but maybe sure. you think the f- we get so realistic that it's like not a cool thing anymore. So we go abstract. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ooh. Whoa, you just blew my mind. Yeah, because like that's interesting. There's only so many advancement we can make until it's so realistic that we gotta we gotta make something weird. Yeah, something a little more stylized. Yeah, because like that's who, who would have thought like Picasso and all those like realism, no, like surrealism, like would ever come and it became like a movement and stuff. Like I don't know. I mean, what do you think about? Because I'm just thinking. Okay, there's this is. Obviously, you know, we're just saying that because we don't know the future. But, like, this is just so real. Like, what is the next step? I can't even imagine what the next step would be. I'm very excited to see what it would be, but I can't even imagine begin. I mean, maybe... God, I can't even, like, come up with a prediction. I'm like, yeah, just it it peaked and that's it. Yeah. (laughs) But I know know realistically it it did not. It will always always improve. Because, I mean, the only improvement, I, I guess this is, like, I, it's definitely not the future, but it, it could be a possibility from like the past ideas we've had, like 
this is gonna sound stupid, but you know uh, Willy Wonka, how uh-huh. you can transport chocolate through the TV. I mean, who knows, man? Maybe, oh. maybe that'll be a thing. Maybe you could smell what you can see. That could be a thing. That was a thing. I think. Um, was it? Yeah, but you have to the, like um, you have you have like scratch sheets. a card yeah. and like, yeah, smell this at, I didn't at, smell like at thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, even like VR is developing to, like exponentially. It's, yeah, that could be in the next level. I mean, definitely the haptic feedback might be a thing, but I don't know. I think VR has slowed down a little bit because. I think two or three years ago, I was like, man, this is the future. Everything is going to go VR, but it didn't yeah. turn out to be the case. So it's, it's like interesting to, to see like we think the future is going to be something, but it turns right. out differently, but in a better way. What do you think is the foreseeable future of like the industry? I mean, the, the visual aspect of advance, the visual advancement that is coming. Right. I mean, yeah, because like, you know, what's really fascinating about The Mandalorian too, about like what it, it's doing is that it opens up a whole new possibility of how we're going to be shooting films. So at least like filming on location. So I feel like one change that will come of this is that, you know, if you're like on this beautiful location and you only have like 10 minutes of, you know, daylight to shoot a scene, you know, that's, oh, yeah. this seems like to erase that problem completely. Oh, the you golden like, hour. You can have exactly golden day. hour for like sixteen hours. Go ahead, yeah. shoot, have fun, get the perfect shot. Uh, and also from a budgetary standpoint, you know, like if you don't have to go to this exotic location, uh, you know, like let's say uh, uh, an LA-based production yeah. company doesn't have to fly like two hundred people to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put them up in a hotel, give them per diem. That oh, seems yeah, like, that's crazy. And like everyone, yeah, everyone it. can just travel. Cause you don't you don't pay for a hotel one if it's like twenty five mile whatever that thing is. Yeah, it's certain radius outside of yeah, certain yeah, yeah. areas. Yeah. So I guess budget wise, it's it's kind of the best of both worlds for for the production and the creative aspect. I also think this technology is like pretty pretty expensive <laughs> at this time. So yeah. I feel like only like the larger budgets will be able to do this for now. Yeah, but I feel like it I, at some point if I think the studios are going to invest in this because it's it's in the long term I think this is like 100%. a really good investment. So I think once also it's such a fairly new technology that there might be com- competitors like getting making it cheaper true. and stuff. For sure. And hopefully we could get we could get like a a prosumer so we yeah. can get it. I really want this like, in every production. <laughs> I feel like, cause like as someone who like has done green screen, yeah, green screen sucks. Blue screen yeah. sucks. Yeah, 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 it's like such a nightmare. I was uh, also thinking this would, yeah, save so much time, especially if you're capturing it like in camera. Yeah, like, just seeing it and like from an actor's perspective, like you can interact with the environment. Like that's yeah, yeah. You're seeing. It. You don't have to use your imagination. Yeah, I was also seeing it in a way not related to film. Like imagine you surround your bedroom walls with the. You're just like, man, I want I want to wake up in in like, you know, Thailand right now. Boom, you're in Thailand. You know what I mean? Like birds chirping. Awesome. You know, have a that fan. That would be really cool. Have a fan is like, whoa, this is breeze and like <laughs> have aromatics and stuff. You know what I I'm mean? I'm sure that's the future. I'm sure someone's already trying to patent that. 
Yeah, I mean that that was in one of the uh, Black Mirror um, episodes. That's so where not, it was. I I'm not too. Was like... I'm not too original about it, but um, originality is enough. Yeah, I mean they they like explore with porn as well. I mean that's that's another thing. I have but, to catch up on my Black Mirror because Black Mirror is one of the scariest shows I've ever seen. Oh my god, it's it's not it's scary because it could be true. That's, that's the exactly real it. scary about this. And that's what really scares me. I was like, yeah, the yikes. truth. Yeah, that's that's the main scary thing. Um, all right. I mean, anything else you want to... Because we obviously agree that VFX should be a concentration in film school. Um, sure. Yeah. But I think... Oh, because now I'm thinking like budgetary-wise, uh, VFX programs. And I mean, they're, it's becoming more accessible, but... It's way know. more accessible. Yeah. Uh, so you think like it's possible? Blender. Blender. Have you ever seen Blender? Blender renderings? I heard about it. I heard about it. Blender is free and you can get insane photorealistic renderings. I'm oh, blown man. away by it. Yeah. Like even like Do the animations that I don't have it. Um I mean it's free, then I should get it. There's no excuse why no, I, I should yeah. have it. I mean I feel <laughs> like it's it's the capacity of your computer because if yeah, if you have a laptop rendering like 4K, you can't yeah, really do that. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure you've done you've done that stuff before. You've tested your computer's limits. Yeah, I've broken a couple wise. computers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get why it's not working. <laughs> the Premiere Pro memes. Um, oh, all right, so. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, After Effects. Jeez. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like thinking about it. Like, yeah, that was not fun. All right, so nah. um. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is, it's more to those that are in film school or are thinking about film school. It's um, how, films, how would film school be different in the future after the pandemic? Maybe not in the, in the immediate future, but like just in like the 10, five years than when we went to film school. Right. I feel like maybe there'll be a pandemic plan. Like, what do you do if there's another <laughs> pandemic? Just I mean, shut down I, I everything. Think that's, yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like we're fortunate enough that like we're still we're still like relatively new. Like, we didn't graduate that long ago, so yeah, like, yeah, things yeah. haven't changed that much. It's yeah. not like a quantum leap of like, oh, when back in my day. But um, I feel like maybe I mean I don't. I feel like you can probably speak a little bit more about it than I can because I was only a film minor. But what do you what do you oh, think yeah. about our? No wonder yeah. you didn't have a thesis film. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna help Anthony with this <laughs> thesis film. And then I'm like, well, I don't think he shot it. Yeah, I, I kind of wish I was a film major because I don't use my degree. Just yeah. Have it, just have it just to have it. Yeah, me too. I mean, you could get into you can get high-paying jobs in the film industry without having a degree. But anyway, yeah. so I, literally YouTube is is the teacher. Just go to YouTube. Yeah. Uh, speaking of YouTube, to me. I think, I, I think this is just a, a curriculum that's just. It could be my idea, just me thinking about it. But it could all, also be people already thinking about it. But film school, I think, would in the future would go into a more YouTube way. I think because there's with the pandemic, I, I think there's a lot of ways you can make content at home. And um, I think it's just job-wise, people can have... I made an article about this, but people can um, diversify their job if they know how to make their own content. Oh, for sure. You know sure. what I mean? 
Absolutely. Like YouTube is a serious career now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like when we went to film. I mean, yeah, there were YouTubers that were making big, but it's not as big as now where it's For literally sure. like uh, a career. So, I mean, if anything, I, I would, yeah, there would be the basics of the film classes that we went through as well. You know, sure. like yeah, what a camera is and like the settings of camera and the story. But it's almost like, I think the the evolution of film school will depend on the evolution of uh, jobs in the film industry, like how it diversified. Because there's going to be YouTubers out there, you know, advertising. As much as we hate it, it's it's getting bigger, and it's like it's a not future. going away. It's not yeah, going away. unfortunately, there there is no skip on <laughs> on the advertisement future. You literally, we literally have to go through it. Is but, this podcast sponsored by anyone? No. Uh, I was about to say, if it was, I would have been like, this product is great. But <laughs> everyone else, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I wish, but it, it's, it's, oh man, it's, it's weird because I hate ads. Yeah. Like in the future, I might have ads. Sponsorships. <laughs> Damn, whatever. You can, Can't well, you it. won't be, you won't be annoying about it. You'll be more cautious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Approach it. I you mean, know, I'll, your, your yeah, podcast I'll, won't be an ad. That's true. I'll corporate it away. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, that's all I think about. Stressful. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that film school, because when we went, it was, it was more, we went in a time where film was a thing still. Right. Like we shot 16 millimeter black and white with a Bolex. My wallet does, still did not forgive me for that. Oh my <laughs> god! So expensive. Oh. <laughs> The film role itself, and then where where did we go? Cinelab, I think. I, Which like, is not what? even around anymore. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. seeing the quality of the film is really beautiful, though. So sure, yeah, film is beautiful, but it's just pricey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the theaters. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> call back. <laughs> you set it up. You paid it off. And yeah. had a whole, whole arc. Yeah. Just, just a reminder, yeah. but like, that's the future. Um. Yeah, I mean, because I want to bounce bounce ideas like what you think. Like, it doesn't have to necessarily be the what the future is. Like, what what would you expect the future of film school would be? I also think like when we were in school, uh, bingeable media wasn't really as prominent as it is now. So yeah. I feel like television shows weren't, especially like when we were in school like i'm not sure if actually our school did have a television writing program they had a television uh, it was a radio and television um degree oh okay okay so they so it's more of like news right you know like live shows and stuff right so they didn't really teach you know like how do you tell a story over a, a 12 episode arc or like how to i feel like that would probably be a lot more prominent now because like television yeah and netflix series are like they're killing it with their stories. They're great. Oh yeah, I think you think that's you think it's gonna like you think it's already doing better than movies. Like, um, you know, as someone who is still writing a movie and like trying to write movies, cause I just like writing movies because I I like yeah I like having an adventure for like an hour and a half to two hours, and like you're in, you're out, and that's it. Yeah. Um, that's not to say I don't like Game of Thrones, where it's you have this incredible story and then you know, the ending is whatever. Yeah. But, but um, I feel like you can, you can tell so much of a character story. You can tell so much about, 
and people relate to that obviously you know you can have an hour and a half of non-stop action flashing in your face and that doesn't yeah. register on an emotional level but yeah. if you have like this beautiful 12 episode arc with characters you love and stories you love it's emotionally a better payoff it also and builds a franchise for sure yeah yeah uh it sucks because there there is i think there are different styles that fit more in movies than in shows definitely um and i hope that doesn't change because i love movies as much as you anthony yeah i i hope shows don't overtake movies but i i think there's i think um shows cater more to character development and yeah. and more of um seeing a world whereas movie movies uh explore more thematic and sometimes abstract where it hits you it hits you deep but you don't know how it hit you whereas sure. a show it builds up to it you're you're working with the characters i mean that's just my idea my opinion of what what styles i think caters more in movies for sure yeah because you can't get the same amount of character development on game of thrones if it was a movie it was yeah just, it's impossible you can if you're doing one person and right you can't have all those characters you yeah can't have like 27 characters they're not all going to get developed yeah properly or they're they're already developed in the the beginning and then it's just we got to figure it out but sure but um well we got sidetracked we're talking about film school. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but like it was about like the evolution of film school. I feel oh, like yeah. Maybe yeah, that's yeah. not that's not really um, at least like on my experience as a minor in film, it wasn't really explored. It was more like you'll make a movie and it'll be two hours and it'll be great and yeah. Because I think when we went to film school, it the good thing is it focused on story, which yeah. is what the important is, and some. Um, if you were a major, it's like there were requirements of some technicality that you have to learn in films, but sure. the story is what really made it a, a quality learning experience. Because you know we we go we watch movies for the stories, right? Um, and I guess there was there's also some business and film and producing classes that I think are very and undervalued when we went because it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a requirement, but like. I feel like it should be because if you're if you're making a thesis film, you should at least take producing class. Well, also that producing class is how I got my foot in the industry. Oh yeah, one of the yeah. guests, right? Because I mean, the good thing with our producing classes, we got guests almost every week from the mm -hmm. industry, and um, I was too shy to interact with them. But oh, if... you didn't? I thought you did. No, I I didn't. Mm. I mean, there there weren't many. Um, many professional because because the guests were mostly in production yeah and i i i was more into cinematography right. so it wasn't there wasn't really um it, there wasn't a lot of incentive for me to talk to but i think you were having like a blast like wow at upm <laughs> boom production like i ADs, reached out to wow. so many people <laughs> i was like hi well i was surprised because like they would always say you know, people don't contact us. Feel free to contact us. And I was like, yeah. I'm sure people contact them all the time. And I don't yeah. want to seem, I hate the word networking. I hate Yeah, that. me too. It's like, it's such an artificial thing. Yeah, like I just feel like I'm using someone when in reality, I mean, I guess technically you are, but like I just wanted, I was legitimately interested in learning about yeah. what that person did. Yeah, I think did. it was more mentor mentorship that you were looking for. Absolutely. I feel like that's what they should call it. Like mentorship. Not yeah, because networking. networking, it seems like, like 
it's like networking is like um it's like a dating like event. Yeah. you know what <laughs> yeah, i mean like exactly. you're you're kind of fake mm-hmm. when you when you show in networking stuff and absolutely i, yeah. I don't know there the, you could see the egos in networking or as a mentorship it's very humbled like you know hey um i really want to learn from you and you know the your mentor can be humble. It's like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll help you out and stuff. But no, you're right. I never thought about that. Like networking. I, I always thought networking was like a weird, weird thing. It is. It is. It's just like, I'm going to use you to get ahead. And that's like, that's like the only objective of it. When I yeah. like you should be looking for a mentor. And that, I, I couldn't even figure out the word. And then you said mentorship. I'm like, that's perfect. That's exactly yeah. what you should be looking for. Yeah, Someone who I, like wants to help you. Someone that wants to help. And it's, it's, cause I feel like, a lot of people that are uh, experienced in the movie industry, they, they want to share it. You know, they're not, they try not to be, I mean, those with, without the egos, obviously, because if if they have an ego, they're going to take advantage of you and, and try to get you for cheap just to do crazy amount of stuff. But you could, what what was I talking about? Um, mentorship. mentorship. Yeah. I think, yeah, but what about mentorship? <laughs> <laughs> like, like people want to share. People want to help. Yeah, yeah, Because, like, what you were saying, oh, I feel like people reach out to him all the time. But, you know, it's, it's almost like you think it's happening because it should happen, but it's actually not happening. Right, yeah. And especially because, like, when I reached out, um, I was in the middle of film school. and Film school. I was a business major, actually, but a film yeah. minor. Um, which I, I, I guess the good thing about this industry is like you don't need a film background if you no. really want to get into it it's like if, if you, are you going to do the work then you'll you'll yeah. be fine um but when i reached out to the production accountant who was my network um i wasn't asking for a job i wasn't i was just curious i was like you know what is like what does your job entail i i didn't even know that was a thing um i'm not asking for your salary but like in general how much does a production accountant make and yeah stuff like that and as we were talking, he was like, you know, if you're interested, like, and this wasn't like a one, two, three thing. This is over the course of like a couple of weeks. Yeah. And eventually he was like, Hey, well, I'm going to do a movie. Would you want to clerk for me? And I was like, Holy sure. moly. Yeah. I was like, I would love to. And then did the movie got out? shut down. Oh. I did. Well, then the movie got shut down. Like, cause like the financing fell through. Yeah. That's fine so though. I got hired for the job. And then like a week later, the film got canceled. Um, and then he was like, well, you know, I hired you and, um, the next film I do, I, you'll be my first choice. And I was like, great. And I had to wait like a month or something like that. And he brought me on. And then I've been working ever since. That's not, that's not even amazing. with him. Like, yeah, I yeah. just kind of went on it. Yeah. Thing. I mean, this is, this is something that a lot of, I think, film students or students that want to get into the film, like, should hear. You don't need a film degree. No. You just it's need... And it's not useless. I shouldn't say that because when I was a set PA, I really didn't know the protocol, so I was really bad at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's... Film school is useful for, I don't want to say it, but networking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> networking. Oh, God, I hate that. I, 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 no, I, I hate word. that word now it's a because word. of this, but it, it's good to have the experience of a film set and make mistakes from film school. I think that's the only... upside of film school i mean you shouldn't go to an expensive film school because i think that's i'm so glad i did oh my gosh me too i'm so glad i did not maybe you should put that in the front of the podcast be like i'm so glad i did not go to nyu (laughs) i would have been in the same place as i am now and that's actually the interesting thing and in debt um yeah 
there was a lot of people I was working with on on various shows, and they some of them did have egos. But fortunately, I've been around like a lot of people. Like even if they did have egos, like they weren't nasty people or malicious. Like mm. everyone's nice I've worked with. Yeah. Um, it's like a mutual respect thing going on. But like it was funny when I was like curious about their backgrounds. I was like, well, where did you study? Where did you go? Like, did you always want to do film? Did you fall into it? And a lot of people were like, oh yeah, like I went to NYU, I went to USC. And I'm like, great. I went to Brooklyn College and I'm in the same place as you are. So <laughs> great. Jeez, and I'm not USC? in debt. So they went yeah. across the country to Oh yeah. Ah, well, also I mean... like a lot of our like some of the producing assistants um were based in LA. And yeah, I guess I guess true. that's where they were from. And I'm like, we're in the same position. I mean, it could be the case that their parents were in the industry and they're like, they have enough money. Obviously, if they're higher up, they have enough money to go to NYU and pay for it. But yeah. I mean, NYU there there's kind of like a like a personality that yeah. like that forms within you wherever school you go to because i'm obviously like a, a more humble school like brooklyn college will realize the value of things um much more not saying that and you don't but it's sure. less likely absolutely um, but yeah i mean film school wise i think it, it was an experience and I don't regret going to film school because I've met amazing people like Anthony and watched him act amazingly from my last minute. Um, directing. Yeah. What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the F box? That's good. I was actually watching it like not recently, but like a year yeah. ago. I was like, this I mean, holds up. I'm like, it's pretty good. Anthony is a very good actor. He's a nice guy right now, but if, if he can act, if he wants to, he could show you the dark side of humanity and <laughs> like that. If you haven't seen it, my seven recreation is, I don't know. I, I was like blown away because it was like last minute as well. Anyway, enough flattering, Anthony. Yeah, I was going to say thank you. No, no, I'm, a, I'm embarrassed now, but thank you. It's very sweet of you. <laughs> All right. So, wow. Last topic. And this is something that I'm excited about. Because this pandemic and what's been happening already before the pandemic is kind of hinting a new era of filmmaking. Yeah. I have my two cents about it, but I want to hear yours first. Well, one thing that I did find really interesting um, on Twitter, obviously Twitter is a big part of my life recently now. <laughs> um, Twitter um, was having a field day with the networks. So a lot of networks were having issues filling time slots. So they were bringing mm. back old like TGIF you know, programming yeah. from like the 90s or whatever. And someone brought up an interesting thing saying, why don't you, I mean, what else are you going to do with unaired pilots? Why don't you just show those? You've already shot wow. them. So what if they're bad? Yeah. Good programming. I would be interested in seeing those. Yeah. Um, but until this whole thing blows over, um, I think like what you mentioned about like YouTube becoming even larger. Yeah. I think that would be a large part of where a lot of media would be heading. Because even after this pandemic is over, it's, it's, it's essentially changed our reality for forever. It's yeah, never going to be yeah. the same. I mean, you can go back to as normal as you possibly can, but it's never going to be like yeah. a handshake, a handshake 
it's never gonna be the same thing ever again yeah it's weird my dad does this to me i'm like yeah, yeah my mom does that to me too. i want to hug you <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just like hey you know, yeah uh it's 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 wild um so i feel like that's also going to affect protocol and like how many people can you have on a set i've been on sets where we have 300 people a day like a day yeah. not even like in the whole thing and then, um it's you 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 probably can't have that for a really long time uh, and if you do you're just going to put people at risk and then the whole yeah. liability lawsuits thing could come up and i don't know how they're going to handle that but for content um i think it's i think it's huge that there are so many streaming platforms we kind of touched on quibi before and i made fun of it yeah but it's 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 a thing and uh netflix <laughs> and uh peacock the streaming service for nbc uh apple has a streaming service mm. disney plus there are so many streaming services so there's so many different avenues for content yeah and content's going to create jobs and they're so cheap jobs. they're so affordable like yeah. monthly that's less than half a ticket and i also wonder about how like who's going to survive the streaming wars i feel like so mm. many are going to go on yeah it I, it's not sustainable it's like there are too many predators and too little herbivores it's it's not yeah. sustainable i mean there might be two that will come out of it you know i, I feel mean? like they may evolve into like almost like what cable is now where it'll be like you can get like seven oh, streaming carte. services for the price oh, of one yeah. I mean, something like that yeah something like that and it'll just kind of evolve into that but beyond that i'm not too sure yeah i mean with me my idea of like the new film era is just there's so like right now i think the creative juices of a lot of people are are working for sure and um especially in the pandemic writers you know you've been writing as well and it's mm-hmm. probably not you're not the only one writing probably sure. so there's going to be a lot of i i feel after this pandemic or maybe during it as well there's going to be new ideas that's just coming out obviously there's going to be a lot of movies about the pandemic obviously we'll yeah that's that's we kind of For have sure. to go through that um, unfortunately i wonder how many romantic comedies are being written about <laughs> yeah like they're an odd couple but now they're stuck together but yeah i think there's just going to be so much original content and now that the th- the big theaters are banking on big movies i think new directors and new producers if they want to get ahead in the streaming service they're gonna want the best stories original stories out there and i think with the acquisition of a lot of really good directors that i mean you could like the thing is i i have this assumption because technology's making a movie so much easier now the quality of phones is insane absolutely the feature films yeah the the new lady gaga music video was shot with two iphones and that was that was pretty silly seeing two iphones in a big steady cam but yeah but whatever works um yeah so i think there's just going to be a new era of originality something that we've seen in the 70s where all these great movies went out but um yeah anthony any 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 thoughts because it looks like you're dying to tell me oh no, no no i was just agreeing with everything you were saying because i didn't even think about like how um how the development of certain projects would be going on at this time because like when you think productions yeah. are being shot down that's physical production but that doesn't mean anyone's stopping creating writing yeah yeah, yeah. 
or they're editing or even they're making a short film in their basement because they can't leave like yeah the content is actually there's already a few people like on online like just every week they'll like shoot something in their basement uh and just make whatever works yeah and i think if if they're versed enough in film they're gonna eventually hit a jackpot because these are practices like nowadays we have so much room to practice with youtube Mm -hmm. with making movies with their phone um with i don't know just like different writing and like the online is just giving people so much ideas that they can combine and make something new that it's almost like i don't know the extent to how how original we could get because right i don't know it's just i think there's just a big future in there. i mean i i'm hoping you know there to be a devil's advocate of my idea i think you know maybe big movies will still be profitable and you know small small movies won't um do as well because since there's a lot of competition in the low end they're kind of killing each other at some point so i don't know it's just i i'm hoping there's a new era of film where it's original content and that's something that's it's gonna be so impactful that's gonna change the movie industry from the bottom up yeah, I feel like if if that is ever going to happen, this is the time where it would happen. Yeah, I mean. Also, yeah, go ahead. What's up? What's up? Oh no! Oh, you go ahead. <laughs> I mean, with these like um, new directors, like these kids have have this the the supplies and and inspiration that they can get. Because back then, like in the fifties, you had to go to the movies to watch. Right. You had to go to the theater to watch a movie. And, you know, there's not, you kind of, you need to have the money to go to the movie to have access to the movies. And it's not like you go every day, right. unless, unless you do. But now, like, these kids are just being bombarded with, it could be a good or bad thing, with sure. content. Yeah. Pros and, and, cons. It, and if they want to tell a story and they use the film um, medium, you know, I think there's going to be more directors out there that's just going to be like the new era of film. I, I'm right. just being hopeful, and I don't know what you think about the future. I agree, but I feel like in this time too, I maybe like back in our back in our day, years ago, <laughs> back, back in, in our, our day, days. <laughs> well, when I was like even debate, debating on becoming a film major, a lot of like programs even over at USC, they refused to give anyone like a well-rounded film education so like if you were going to major in something it would have to be producing only if you're going to do producing you can only produce if you're going to direct you can only direct if you're going to edit yeah. you can only edit which i feel like is a huge detriment to anyone's ability because like sure like it's good to be very versed you know, at one if, thing yeah like and you should whatever you're best at you should probably focus more on that but i feel like if you're not writing if you're not editing if even if you're not just like trying to figure it out on your own just for fun you're yeah. kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage where if you can direct something with the mind of an editor and you can already see it, how it's going to be edited in your head or or when you're writing and you can kind of see it in the edit yeah you can that will kind of bring your ideas more to flourishing because then you kind of see more of an ideal path and you're not relying on someone else being like, oh, but I can't make this because I can only write or and I need to get a producer. Like if you can yeah. use this pandemic and this time alone to like write, direct, edit a short film, we're going to feature if you want to go crazy. I mean, it probably won't be that good, but maybe it will be. Maybe. Uh, maybe, who's to say? Um, and if you can write, direct, edit it all by yourself, 
you know, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be great. You don't That's a better education than film school. Absolutely, because you're going to learn as you do it. I mean, and even with writing, um, there's a lot of people who kind of spit upon frameworks and they're like, oh, if you follow a framework, it's a formula. But like mm. a framework isn't a bad thing. It's yeah. like, it's just because it's been over a hundred years of film media that yeah. we kind of just learned what works and what doesn't. And not to say the framework is foolproof, but if you if the school education can give you the framework and you can use the tools and just make it your own, especially during this pandemic when, you know, maybe you don't have that much going on, you can absolutely use this time to your advantage and learn so much more than you would paying a gigantic school like NYU or maybe yeah. even a lower school. You can just learn on your own. Yeah, I mean, speaking of film school, just to uh, go on a different um, subject, how would they like teach people film production when they're in quarantine you know because film production is such a social yeah unless you're making like vlogs and stuff i wonder you know i would be really interested if like anyone in the comment section is in film school and they're yeah like having to go through this if you have a if you have to shoot a thesis film right now like you know what i mean god like what would you do like how would the department like you know what that's I mean? That's fascinating. I did not even think of that. Yeah, I mean, huh. yeah, because like either they make something or the department's like, okay, make a make a experiment because you can make films with just editing and yeah. abstraction. Great films have been made like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, if you have if you've let's say you wrote a film in fall, right? Mm-hmm. So passionate about it, you have a location, everything. Boom. <laughs> pandemic comes you're supposed to shoot your film in spring what do you do you know i feel like the film school stuff is going to be so useless during the pandemic and and now that everything's going online like they have to change their curriculum to cater to online stuff that's why i brought up the youtube thing maybe they teach right more youtube because like what what would cinematographers i mean that's easy because you could hand shoot stuff with your phone but like you know what if you have a thesis film or i don't know your example is really interesting too and it kind of my brain kind of went in a million different directions when you mentioned it. go for it let's say if you did uh you wrote your thesis and then you're about to shoot it in the spring you have your location locked down and everything yeah um i think it's that's a great opportunity opportunity to learn what is the bare necessities of your story and what are you trying to convey? That's true. What is the heart of your story? How can and you can you change that location? Yeah. How necessary is it? And how flexible are you? Because you do have to be very flexible in this industry. Yeah. How flexible are you to adjusting it to fit your current conditions? That is just fascinating. Like it probably won't yeah. be possible, but like maybe you can shoot it. Like it won't be visually interesting, but maybe you can shoot it in your apartment. I don't know. I mean, for, for the dedicated filmmakers out there, they're going to make a film no matter what. They, they will change sure. location. If the story is the same, location doesn't really matter because, yeah. you know, it's, it's part of the acting. And if not, it's part of the theme, the movie that you make. But yeah, I never thought about that. Because like, I, I was also, I was just thinking like, okay, so they're not doing a thesis film. But you, you put mm-hmm. it in a way where like, okay, that we're, I still have to do it, but I have to do it smart. Right. You have to be aware of the limitations, which yeah. I feel the limitations are what give us the best. Yeah. The best limitations material. give, because there's a paradox of choice where if you have mm-hmm. too much choice, you're, you're going to hesitate and not do it. If you have constraints, 
that's when people are more creative. Because I think Absolutely. a lot of crea- creative like tests, like to test your creativity, you have constraints to see yes. what you could do in that constraint. So I guess that goes into the, the new filmmaking era as well. Like yeah. this is the time where it's like, okay, I have these limitations. If I make a great movie and, you know, from this, mm-hmm. this is really my calling in a way. Right. If, you're, if, you're lo- if your film location fell through and the movie doesn't hold up because your location was too pretty, then maybe your story wasn't as strong as it should be. Your yeah. story should be interesting almost anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought. It's funny because I, I was just thinking one way, like, okay, but like you're thinking of it in a proactive way. Right. I mean, like, because it's very easy to give up on it and it's very easy. Yeah. I've given up on projects that, and, uh, and it's very easy and you can be heartbroken for a few yeah. weeks and then you get over it. But if you stick with it and you're trying to figure out, okay, I don't have this. Well, how can, it's like Jaws where like Spielberg's animatronic shark didn't work when he was shooting it. Oh, he was frustrated. Yeah. But that limitation of not seeing the shark is what made the movie so amazing. Oh Yeah. Yeah. You never see it, and your imagination is the scariest thing. So it's like I don't know if he got lucky or he he's just really genius. With he's a, yeah, he's both. my hero. He's my lord and savior. I pray yeah. him every night. <laughs> that's that's nice. <laughs> but um, I was because I was thinking, okay, if I I I I had that assumption, okay, you can't shoot, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I used the assumption to be like, okay, uh, how will film school survive? Because what is the incentive for people going to film school if there are so many limitations to being on set? And, you know, I mean, when we went, film school is kind of like a crazy experience because when you make a film, you kind of don't know what you're doing until. (laughs) (laughs) So there's literally so many problems that you Mm -hmm. go through. And now that there's a pandemic, it's an even more serious problem. Like, how would it? be feasible for students to make it worth it i mean filmmakers will always be filmmakers if they really want it they're they're gonna they're make a film but with this quarantine like what 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 would you think would the appeal of film school like how would it be different after the pandemic you know yeah that's would it still be worth it i feel like it will always be worth it um not Mm. not a prerequisite that's needed but worth it because you're learning how to interact with different creative minds you're learning how to i guess maybe even zoom meetings like what we're doing now yeah uh, can help with production meetings but um with physical production though yeah that's gonna be tough like you, you don't have a dp you don't have yeah a, you know Would you don't you, have your sound guy yeah because that that means either film school gets shut i mean film departments get shut down or the film department finds a curriculum in a way that would attract more like various concentrations like you know youtube or media or advertisement because i was thinking about them like wow this is gonna be so weird when people go back to film school like what's gonna be the new film school right when we went it was kind of like a free-for-all because we you just did what you needed to do to make the film exactly and, you no. know, you learn a lot. You might have, like, frozen fingers and stuff. <laughs> That's a good way that my brain goes to <laughs> when I think of our films. Zero degrees. <laughs> we filmed that day. Oh, God. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, like these are crazy stories. It it was painful during the time, but it was something sure. to look back and like enjoy. At, yeah, now. like we did it, and I. Th- that, yeah. I'm very glad we had Volpo for that professor of, as a professor for that class yeah. because I'm not sure if other professors do that weekly. Uh, I think they did. I think Khan did did it. Okay. Yeah. Well, then whoever came up with that is a genius because yeah. it kind of showed like you can do anything in a week. Yeah, and it's almost like man we gotta it's like all right there it's not like you can pre-plan it exactly like you were giving a topic on that monday i think it was tuesday no we had class monday right yeah and then you have to make write shoot and edit it till the next week so it's almost like you're scrambling to be creative yeah but i mean that was that was really fun and really stressful because like (laughs) geez like yeah, with, with all your other classes, it's not like that's your only class. You exactly. Know? But also, and, like, oddly enough, like, it seemed like when, when I first read the, the syllabus and it said you have to make a film every week, I was like, there's absolutely no way we can do it. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make any sense. There's no way. And then the first week comes, I'm like, God, we're doing it. Okay. Yeah, and then you do it and you're like, oh, you can do it. Like, it sounds ridiculous, but you can. Yeah, I mean, we didn't know that every time we get an assignment. It's more like fuck all right guys how are we gonna do this (laughs) but we always did which is the important we always did and i think we were one of those groups that like stayed consistent quality wise yeah and we we also like didn't switch up as much like we were pretty much the same group from the beginning to the end yeah and yeah oh this is such a funny group um but yeah (laughs) i mean now that that's not happening like how like yeah zoom meetings are for production meeting but on on the production side like well i don't i don't know the exact future of it i mean yeah i don't know either i mean the only thing i can kind of think of but i'm not sure how realistic it is is that a professor would give the task of cinematographer and editor to like every individual student so let's say if you have i don't think that's sustainable or like if it's even possible but like you would have 23 people make like a two-minute short film yeah um, but at that point you're becoming a producer and director and, and shooter. yeah and you know, you're, you're not learning the collaboration or the yeah that and that and the other like the de- like uh departments like being an ac you know what i mean or being a script supervisor you're kind of just winging it like you're doing every job which is good for the actual creators and the directors because you know they don't it's good to know all these positions, but if you, if you're a technician that you just mm-hmm. want to be a cinema, uh, I mean, you could be a cinematographer being alone, but sure. if you need a light and stuff, like you need to learn lighting and like all yeah. the, and sound, different sound equipment. How are you going to learn yeah. with film school? Because you, I mean, okay, maybe hypothetically the, the film department will send you equipment through the mail for you to practice but even then like you're not learning from each other yeah you know it's 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 so it's not the same yeah Yeah. it's i'd be really interested maybe you should bring uh judith or judy judith i think that's right yeah onto this and see like how how is she that would be an interesting topic It'd be interesting, but I interview I, her as how she's adapting. If, if she's yeah. even there anymore, I'm not sure she is. But they probably are thinking of because, um, I mean, there there are hopes that it's either two things. 
we go back to normal on the fall semester. So film school would just be the same. It's just there's safety protocols. Or the film department would look into the future because mm-hmm. if this pandemic is not uh, resolved right away, the incentives for these uh, classes are not going to be there. And if there's not enough people that want to take these classes, the, the class is going to shut down. Right. That's right. That's right. So either they make certain classes that would incentivize the possibility of being safe because safety is a big thing, especially in thesis films. Like when you make a thesis film, like safety is like a huge thing. And now that this pandemic is like, uh, like a bigger threat or like another threat, like it's, it's much harder to have like a production class where like, you know, not everyone's going to be comfortable right going out and you kind of have to respect that at this age if they're not comfortable with shooting out for sure so either they you know what i mean it's like it's like uh idea it's like it's human right thing to not because i feel like it's it's gonna be like a a choice to be public and with other people and not you know i mean you can't force people it's like okay make a film definitely and then you know there has to be certain protocols now which is it's unheard of. I had never thought about like that before. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, oh, but it's my right to not interact with these people physically for eight hours straight or three hours straight. If, right. if anything, if your safety, your, your safety and your health should always be paramount. And if yeah. that's threatened, then, then you shouldn't be there and you shouldn't do yeah, it. If you're, yeah, yeah. you never do anything you don't want to do. Uh, so it's a weird thing with these film classes, like either they adapt or they, they go back to the normal one. But I feel like adapting is a better uh, better thing to do in the long run. I wonder, did, did our school ever have any exclusive online film classes? I guess like maybe not nothing like physical production, but uh, like, really. sure, you can like learn the history of film in a, like a lecture hall and that's fine. Video yeah. chatting, that's all fine. But like the physical nitty gritties, that's which is what you're bringing up. Yeah, like the physical like, you know, learning sound, learning, learning lighting, learning like camera, like te- technicalities of camera, right. which I guess is changing because, you know, you could shoot on the phone, on a DSLR. I wonder how much longer they'll be teaching on film. I think it's they, they already stopped. Stop it. They did stop. They did stop. Oh, wow. <laughs> they stopped it two years after we shot film. Oh, my God. I mean... I it's guess fun. it's cool to say we did uh, No, it, actually, it was the year after where... You're right. You're right. It was where they're the like, oh, after. you could do film or digital. Ugh. Mind blown. Forgot I, about I that. I think I spent uh, $900 on that film. Yeah, I spent 600 on mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I mean, I, I don't I mean, regret it. I think it was, a, it was a good experience to learn how to shoot on film because it's, it's something that will never have realistically yeah yeah so you could say yeah in my days i'll work i was one of the last people to work on film exclusively remember we um we i think i i'm not sure if you did but i definitely did i shot inserts on my phone and then i just applied a filter oh you did (laughs) (laughs) i was like yeah okay i don't think you could get away with it and then (laughs) you're you're everyone's watching the film you're like <laughs> no I one feel like realized. I, I kind of feel like 
maybe the professor did know this and she was just like what am i gonna do he shot most of it on film no i didn't know it (laughs) i didn't know it and we had mcdonald and she yeah i think she's too concentrated on what film because because the assumption is everything's on film so why would anyone look for something (laughs) digital you know why would anyone shoot an insert on their phone and then apply a filter and after effects for three hours to try to convince (laughs) people i mean it it was worth it it was worth it It but but yeah i mean it's the future of film school is so weird it's like i mean the film school in and itself you don't really need anyway no but you kind of learn on the job for most yeah i feel like i didn't even like even the stuff i did learn in film school i didn't really apply to much of it in my professional career because when you go on a set everything's different it's like i think it's almost just like having the interest maybe um exemplified more in film school it's like okay For now sure. i'm actually going to school i'm actually committed to this because i feel like that's a lot of it's it's easier to back out on a film project or a film job if if you it don't is. have commitment to it because if, if you're going to film school i'm like damn i'm already paying this much might right. as well make the best of it let's go into this career um like head on but. Yeah, and if you don't have an interest in film, you really shouldn't go into it because yeah, that's a waste it's of unforgiving. <laughs> it's very unforgiving, and it's long hours. And if you don't want to be there, you should. It's not funny because it. it's it's long hours that we brought that we bring onto ourselves. It is, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we complain about the long hours in film industry, but like, like thesis films and yeah, <laughs> and it's like, different. Like when you're like it's your baby and your project. That's true because you're not and getting will, paid. Like, yeah, yeah and it's you're not, not you're living by exactly. Yeah. And uh, when you when you're on set and you're like in a probably like yeah. not as creatively you know stimulated. You're yeah. just like when can I go home? Like okay, like I'll stay. <laughs> yeah. Is it lunch yet or whatever? I mean, but, film, film school is definitely like thesis films is definitely a way to get a taste of the film world. For sure. Would you say it's uh, like thesis films are kind of the same problem-wise, but it's just bigger um, in big films? Like what what do you think the difference is with thesis films and, you know, big production films? There are, um, yeah. Uh, when I was producing Moses' film, uh, I remember like, I guess like maybe one of the generators stopped working or yeah, there yeah. was something. So like I had to run and like get another generator. Yeah, yeah, that was... Which, it's a very realistic problem that would happen like on a real set too well as if that wasn't a real set it was a real set yeah but uh the benefit of being on a bigger budgeted studio funded film is like you know you'll probably have another backup generator right there or yeah yeah or the but like oh there's an issue we gotta fix it um our location fell through can we find another location which happened on moses film um, that happens all the time in real films uh, mm. and real productions. Uh, for instance, on Moses' film, the climax of her film was supposed to take place on a bridge, and I wasn't able to get a bridge. Yeah, the location for a bridge. So I was like, "Hey, would you? Sorry, would you be willing to uh, we went change to the location Brooklyn, to the right? promenade? Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. Brooklyn promenade, which I think was visually beautiful. Yeah, and I think it elevated the production value of her film. Yeah." Uh, which happens all the time. We, um, on Madam Secretary, we were supposed to film, uh, what was that location? We were supposed to film, I believe, um, I think it was in Washington. We were supposed to go to Washington for, um, for a week. And last minute, I, I forgot exactly what happened, but long story short, the location fell through and we weren't yeah. able to go there. Um, and then we ended up just changing... The, the location and changing the environment and the script and just yeah 
couple of rewrites and you you can fix anything it's it's fiction yeah. you can know you can if it doesn't work sometimes it's just so glued to an idea you can't imagine it being any other way but the reality is you can change anything about your script because it's not real you're That's supposed to create true. the illusion that it's real but if something isn't working you can you yeah. absolutely have that power to change it which is something i struggle with in my writing too where i'm like I, it has to be in this location and then yeah you change it and you're like oh that works and i mean locations was. are something that adds on to a film I, yeah there's you could, there's definitely a different feel if you're going from out outdoors to inside right obviously but um but my question is you think thesis films is a good kind of entryway into the big leagues like just seeing how production works yeah um it it definitely isn't the same and you know on, on a real union set there are union regulations where mm. uh you know if you're on a thesis film you're probably doing you're wearing 17 different hats probably yeah you're, you're a pa but you're also um, a location pa and a unit yeah. pa and you're also crafty and but yeah. in reality it's like you you know uh local 52 um uh grips you if they're moving something you do not touch that yeah thing at all uh you stay away from it uh and the hierarchy the hierarchy is a little bit different uh we're yeah. kind of like on a thesis film like everyone's basically on the same level regardless of if you're producing it you know you're probably gonna do a couple yeah. of PA jobs too while you're producing it but on a real film set <laughs> the authority of different people yeah uh, comes into power comes into play a lot yeah uh, and you're also dealing with different issues like oh like this actor is late so the AD has to rearrange the schedule to accommodate, okay, well, how are we not going to lose an hour of shooting? What can we shoot now? Which is something that can also come up on a thesis film where, yeah. oh God, so, so-and-so canceled because they're not getting paid and they don't really care. Crap, how are we going to change this on the fly? And quick thinking and quick solutions are what you will learn on a thesis film and they can absolutely be applicable to a real production. Yeah, because it's almost like I'm, I'm going on both sides. Yeah, film school you don't need film school, but there's so much benefits that you can get from it as well. So it's almost like I'm on either side. But yeah. And also like, I, I didn't know anyone in film production before I went to school. So I realistically, if I didn't go to film school, I, I maybe I wouldn't be working in film right now. Um, yeah. Maybe I would still be trying to get my foot in. And uh, so that, that's the benefit too. But also if you live like in a Atlanta or <laughs> New York, or California, yeah. you can probably just waddle onto a set and ask for the key PA and be like, if you need an extra hand, and there's so much film and TV. Oh my God, that's true. Uh, right before the pandemic happened, there was so much uh, need for electricians that yeah. I heard they were- Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're, so they, I heard they, they started like hiring random people on the, on the street Even, just to be an electrician because they were they just were. so low on it. it was that so a problem low. for you? It was a problem for us too. Um, a lot of the construction people um, in the local 52 unit, uh, they were like asking like anyone, like, do you know anyone who can like help us out? Yeah, it's and literally anyone. It's like, it's not like anyone. anyone in 52. It's literally anyone. Like literally yeah, it was just college a people. Yeah. They, and they were getting that. And it was probably such a great opportunity for them because like that would get them in the union like that. Like they would be in. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're, no. Not not in fifty two. Fifty two, there there are tests and stuff. 
Because there I mean, are tests, but it was like such because they were so desperate, they were willing to give those benefits to people. Oh, really? So, yeah. I mean, maybe at that time they're not like walked in. I don't know. No, not always. Yeah, yeah. No. But it like the benefits are there. Yeah. Because even at my job, people are like, oh, any, any one of you want to work in a set? And I'm like, <laughs> with me, I'm like, man, that's, that's my dream, but like, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> would you go back to set? I would if I'm one of the cr- creatives. You know, I'm not. Because with me, I did think about going on set as a, as a career, mm-hmm. but s- working at my job and seeing these worn out electricians all the time, and you kind of have to work your way up, obviously, mm-hmm. it was just not worth it for me. And I was thinking, all right, I, I, I'm with, with my fiance, you know, I have to yeah. I have a, a new future to think about. So right. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll have, um, I'll stay at my job. And then develop a career while I have the free time. Because obviously, even the people that are at my job and that work on set, it's, they tell me, yeah, you, you literally have no time to spend your money, even though you're getting so much money. That's very true. And usually, like, when I was working on sets on, like, larger projects, uh, like, my weekends, I would just be sleeping. I would sleep. Yeah, because you... So you, I didn't you, have a it's, life. It's not like you, you want to. It's like your body just needs it. Yeah. It's, so, so, it's, it's insane. So the film becomes the life. And I, I don't want to sacrifice a lot of what I already have. For sure. So that, that's kind of why I, I'm, it's, it's kind of nice because I'm doing my own thing, you know, with these podcasts and my, and my YouTube videos. And yeah, especially with this pandemic, I mean, yeah, it's horrible. But there are a lot of creatives that can take advantage, especially if you're getting the benefits from the, the government. Absolutely, man. T- like this is the this. I don't think this. Is, hopefully, this will never happen again. But this is a yeah. once in a lifetime like quarantine for three months, and you're doing your own thing, exactly, while getting paid by the government. So exactly. Um, that's you know what's really scary though. It's like how many once in a lifetime things do our generation have to experience? Like the recession yeah. in two thousand eight. Yeah. The 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 oh so much stuff. And then we have. I mean, oh yeah, and then two thousand one, and then. Oh. And then two thousand one. Yeah, we grew yeah. up in a fucking yeah zone, and. But the thing is, like, I think every generation has their own thing. Like, you know, imagine people that lived through two world wars that that must have been nuts yeah. you know yeah like we're That's true. we have problems but different problems you know for I, sure like like i'm more thankful living i mean i don't know what the future is yet like, <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen but it's not as bad as people back then but yeah. you know the overall quality of life is improving yeah regardless. and then when the aliens come next month uh we'll probably be like let's go back to 1905 oh, or join them like, <laughs> who knows you know maybe we'll have cool alien babies <laughs> this is oh, what God. the point <laughs> we are slowly going insane yeah i mean insane or genius it's a fine line so you know who yeah. am i to judge so. yeah <laughs> but um yeah i think we got through all of any any other topics you want to explore anthony um i guess the only thing i would if i were to leave anyone who is curious about being in the film industry um if i were to give any advice um i would just say just create your own content uh and try to wear as many different hats as you can because maybe you think you want to direct and then all of a sudden you find producing is like way more uh enticing and 
yeah maybe like it created it creatively satisfied satisfies yeah. you more which is something i found because like when i started out i always thought i wanted to be an actor and only an actor and then as i started developing projects i kind of I mean, get Anthony, more you, you have <laughs> the talent i, I don't you. think you should like go of that you know <laughs> thank you maybe i'll try it again one day maybe i'll try it now in quarantine do it um, but i do get more of a creative satisfaction like my creative itch is like scratched a lot more when i'm mm. helping bring a production to fruition and i'm like okay like this is a story and character i believe in i think this is a really good thing we can do and just kind of wearing multiple different hats kind of just i don't know kind of like makes me feel better when i'm creating something yeah i mean it's funny because i went into film school like most people thinking there'd be directors right? right and you know i started going into it and i was like man this directing thing sucks so much pressure <laughs> yeah like Maybe if if I had a different experience, maybe I'd still want to be a director, but I f- just fell in love with um, the cinematography and just how like, like lighting people like it's it's so weird, like, because I was on set one day and people were like, that's so weird that you want to be like a gaffer. It's like, why? I don't want to. That's the last thing I want to touch. I'm like, really? <laughs> I love lights. <laughs> yeah, but, it's it's scary to remember on Moses on thesis when that light almost fell. And that was just on in location. <laughs> oh my god i mean (laughs) like 10 people like grab it it's it's almost like like that photo of the americans holding the flag (laughs) that's what we felt like we felt like heroes at the end of the day did it fall eventually though it was so no, we windy. Caught, we caught day. it just in time. We caught it just you in time. You did, which is right? another. <laughs> I think I did. I think you- <laughs> it was just so fast. I barely remember any of it. I but think, I think you, so. You were just like, like so like concentrated and like everyone's so stressed that our reflexes just like <laughs> did the thing. <laughs> it was just like. <laughs> yeah right remember it was That's so it cold felt. that day that everyone like huddled near the generator. <laughs> which is another thing of production where I've shot. Uh, I've been on location many times when like it's snowing and the elements are brutal, but you have oh to my get the gosh. shot. Yeah. Otherwise you're losing so much money yeah. and your location potentially. And everyone's yeah. just in the corner, like huddled up with like hand warmers, just like Yeah. It got so cold. Off. It was so hot that day. And it was then such at a night, weird. It was just like we're in the winter time. It was we a miserable. Yeah. yeah. Miserable shoot. But the film came out pretty good, so it was worth it. Yeah. The film the f- um i think it's still online i'm not sure but i don't know i haven't seen it but we did win an award so that's exciting we won Anthony best experimental producing. film oh yeah. i wish i wasn't nominated for that but best experimental film and Mose was like it's not even an experimental film but sure <laughs> i'll take that award <laughs> um i mean for for me i think my my last I forgot, man. We just, we just got in, into this. We did. I'm sorry. I keep taking you on. No, it's so. good because like it's just like because when you when you bring up memories, it's just your your the, your whole head is just filled with that memory, and you want to talk about it. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything else you want to talk about? Um. Yeah, I, I would just say like again, um, if you if you really want to do it, uh, you absolutely can. It's yeah, uh, and it sounds like kind of I guess like kind of. Cliche, in a weird way. Cliche to be like, you can do it if you believe in it. But like, it's honestly a cliche because it's the truth. That's yeah. I think that goes to any job. I think if you love doing it and if you do it enough, you'll eventually get paid doing it. Yeah, because look at these all these YouTubers. They're just literally enjoying what they do, and it's almost you should look into it 
it's it's going to be hard for a lot of people because sure. yeah they need the money and stuff and but if you're if you have the luxury to enjoy your work um and then hopefully that becomes a job it's it's a much more rewarding experience than going for it for money you know what i mean for sure so, and you don't oh sorry go ahead no that's uh that's all i was gonna say yeah it's, it's also like you don't have to even fully dedicate yourself to yeah. a certain aspect you can absolutely have a nine-to-five job yeah and then when you're home you do that stuff until you can get funded or until you actually do get in and into production yeah uh you can absolutely do a nine-to-five and then do your creative jobs on the side until yeah. you get there I mean, it's something with like the human spirit. If if you you really want it enough, you you you're gonna get there no matter you what. You can do it. You can absolutely do it. I mean, there obviously there's special circumstances where it's literally impossible for you to be, because you know what the world is. But yeah, or like majority. And- yeah, generally speaking, if you love things enough, if, if it becomes your hobby, you do it enough. Even especially especially in this quarantine, I feel like a lot of people find their they're they're calling during this quarantine in a way for sure and also um i won't give any spoilers to what i'm working on but um, i'm actually working on this script that i'm really excited about um and i had this idea in my head for like two years and i had like concepts of like where it would go but i didn't really like sit down and like try to map out the story until this quarantine and now i actually have like the whole character arc like spread out the whole yeah, story yeah spread yeah. out and it's like okay what's working what's not and yeah having this time is the we're probably never gonna have this much time that's what i'm saying you gotta take again. advantage of it i almost feel like we're like kids like during the summer now like i yeah excluding all the negative things that are happening outside in the world because we're talking about film now so yeah, yeah, yeah. it can be a little bit more positive but uh if you can like isolate yourself and you're being safe and you're practicing social distancing and yes. wearing a mask, yes, yes. please do that. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but like, if you have like this time off um, and you have some, some time to yourself, you can absolutely pursue something and bring it to fruition and be like, listen, Oh God, I, I, I have, I've been doing my life so differently than what I wanted. Yeah, ah. there's time to give it a shot. It's like hopeful, but it's like scary because like now a lot of people are going to quit their jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good and bad Economy thing. Economy's going to tank. <laughs> well, not really because they're going to they're gonna just transfer into another another industry. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of hope, but I feel like it's because it's just, it's just quarantine. It's just like keeping us so down that we only have hope. Yeah, I, I, it's always I good to look on the bright side. Yeah, I have a lot of hope in people too. I think I think we'll get through this. I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of people. If you're really considering it, um, if you don't like your job, like right now during the quarantine, you probably have already done it. If you're that passionate, but you know, work on the things you've always wanted to work on. You know, do these side projects that never been done. You know, develop skills. Start reading all these books. Literally, you can. You don't need school to learn. And I think Ooh, also, yes, sorry, Anthony, continue, go, but go for I'm just going to plug it. this book that is not sponsoring me. Do it, do it. This book honestly taught me way more. I'm going to be completely honest. It taught me way more about screenwriting than I ever learned in school. Yeah. Um, this book, it's called Screenplay. Oh, wow. I've never heard of that. Sid Field. Yeah, it's a very good book. I, I notated this book like to death and I have like so many stickies. Is it more friendly than uh, David Mamet or who's that other one? Oh, um, 
I, I should know this because I actually do have that book. Oh, wait, here it is. It's right here. <laughs> wow, you're uh, so prepared. Robert McKay. Yeah. Story. McKee. 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 Think. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Robbie. Um, which is super helpful um, because if I'm going to be completely honest in film school, like I really struggled with, I didn't understand the character arcs for the life of me. I did mm. not get it. I knew like the concept of like someone starts out some way and starts out another way. And I had no idea like how to make that like organic. And then I read screenplay and it just made everything so clear. I was like, oh, oh really? I really recommend that book. And I still don't get it. It's, but I'm, I'm happy also, you found it. I will also plug this video um, called The Six Steps of Character Development. It's on mm. YouTube. Um, some professor, I forgot his name, but it's the first result if you search it on YouTube. And he gives the framework of like what a character arc is. So it's not like a step-by-step -step tutorial, but it's like generally in the first 10% the characters here, um, act one and act, uh, act one, part one, uh, act two, part one and act two, yeah. part two, characters usually here, they fully commit here, they lose everything here, typically you do this here. And yeah. It like made sense and i was like oh i can follow this guideline again yeah. people don't really like guidelines because like hey, you're following a formula but yeah you're supposed to be creative and the guidelines but are the guidelines the are there for a reason it's yeah like, it's a working again, formula yeah and it does just because you follow the formula doesn't mean it's gonna be good yeah yeah but any anything helps. else that you know do you have you know put in your plugs anything this is the time to advertise oh. yourself your youtube Unless you don't want to <laughs> follow me on social media at the there we go. Luciano, and please hire me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, a str a it's struggling out there. <laughs> it's no, I'm I'm fortunately in a situation where like I'm a little I'm fine, but also I would like a job. So yeah, <laughs> but um yeah, all the links below are gonna be his contact information, all his social media, and I mean, should I share your YouTube videos? sure i haven't updated it in a while but sure um what is it and just anthony feliciano right yeah it's just my name yeah what what's on there is, it, is your production one film on there still i think my intro was on there but i couldn't upload the full thing because it was copyrighted music in it and i didn't want to get like a plug on. oh YouTube. yeah so yeah just yeah i so mean I anyway check out anthony again hire him if you haven't been considering it yet but, I could uh, do a slightly mediocre job, and that's guaranteed. Guaranteed. You heard it first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, any anything else, Anthony? I mean, I think no. it's it was, this was like such a like a, it, it was a workout for my mind because there were so many things that we never considered, and then you know, bounce off ideas. I mean, I'd love to do this again if if there's any, yeah, me too. Absolutely. Any other news in the film industry? Because I I feel like once once um this quarantine ends and the film comes back together i think we could we could reflect on what we said on this podcast and see see how it, like it happened for sure for sure i'm totally down for that but yeah i mean it's it's been so long since me and anthony um like talked i think it's yeah. because it's weird because i i thought he was a film major which yeah. i've always <laughs> was... thought before and he kept he kept telling me neat you're you're so dumb i'm a film minor. no 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 <laughs> I don't think it's dumb. I mean, he but, did it more subtly, but <laughs> I implied it was. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but Anthony has um, insight on the film industry. I mean, he's not going to disclose everything, but I mean, if you want anything, we could we could do this again, and who, who knows? Maybe make a series. 
I'm done. Want... We can definitely talk about film. And then when I'm unemployed, it can be like, oh yeah, I said this, and that's why I'm. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> nah. Oh, I mean, I, if, I'll edit whatever you need to. Yeah, I don't think I really said anything that's like really bad, but I think it's good. But yeah, I mean, Anthony, it's been fun, and um, yeah. But yeah, guys, thank you for watching. And if you like the video, give us a thumbs up. And if you haven't already, uh, click the subscribe button and the bell button for notifications in our next video. And yeah, thank you for watching. It's been a pleasure to have Anthony on the podcast. You'll see him again because this is just such a, a brain exercise for me. And I, I, I can't really talk to anyone else that I can think of but Anthony. So it's a privilege and thank, thank you for coming to the podcast, Anthony. Thank and you for having me. I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.